Thanks for listening to another episode of SNTR Presents. If you want to support this podcast directly, you can go to anchor.fm slash SNTR Presents to support it with a paid membership. You can do the same thing on my main channel at SNTRlive.com where all the videos get posted. As always, enjoy the episode. Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. If you're looking for all the segments that I do throughout this stream, there are links in the description if you didn't manage to catch the live stream. Monday through Friday, we're here in the mornings breaking down all kind of topics. If you clicked on this video for Overwatch 2 Backlash, there will be a timestamp for that segment. That's our main segment today. We will also be breaking down gaming news today about a variety of things. If you haven't checked out Knockout City, apparently it's a hidden gem. that You can get a trial of it for free right now. It will eventually go to a paid format, and people are giving it really, really high praise. It's basically... Uh, Fortnite Dodgeball Battle Royale. It looks actually pretty creative. We're going to be reading about it today. Why people think that this thing might be a hidden gem. Now, Xbox requiring always online is also on the docket for today. That seems to have maybe snuck back in. We're not sure. An Xbox developer has commented. We'll be reading those comments about why it seems the new Xbox Series X is requiring always online, even for offline single-player games that you own lastly cyberpunk dlc what should they be focusing on as dlc is inevitably going to be delivered there was a pretty good article written about what they should avoid and what they should focus on so if you are a fan of cyberpunk uh, that's definitely a segment you're going to want to be checking out all the links and timestamps for those segments are going to be in the description of this video so again if you clicked on this that's what we do here if you're in the live audience I really want to hear from you about the Overwatch 2 backlash. That's what we're going to be starting the day with. We'll probably do a poll about it. Does Blizzard owe anything to these esports organizations or these pros that were planning on playing Overwatch 2? Going down from 6v6 to 5v5 might not seem like a pretty big change, but it dramatically changes everything about strategy, team composition, as well as people who are now in contract to be on a team to play in Overwatch. We'll break down the viewership trends of the recent... uh, tournaments that they did how much money they were generating from these tournaments overwatch is a little bit more than just a video game and how do you straddle that line between making a game that's balanced for the public as well as anybody else who wants to play it they want it to be a commercial success but if they want it to be this entertainment avenue if they want it to be considered an e-sport by both the teams that played the first one as well as any of the event organizers and and the uh, and the pros that have been training well that's certainly going to be something they have to consider going forward with the title there's a petition there's pushback from the pro scene we'll be breaking it all down let me know what you think in the chat as i said we'll probably get a poll going if you're here right now kick back relax get your coffee going i'm gonna go get some of mine we got a rageless roast i got a flavor sample right now that i'm supposed to be trying for a christmas a frickmas blend that we're looking to do later this year use all the relevant commands if you're interested in the shirt that i'm wearing uh, from 80s Tees, use code LONO for 30% off. The Coffee Commander, RagelessRoast.com, if you want to order some coffee. And smash that like button. It's sitting there waiting for you. All right, I'll be back in just a minute.
Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for being here. A little a little longer break than I intended to take. I'm sorry, I was saying good morning to the family. I was making sure they were all up and ready to go, ready to start their day. Got my wife, her coffee, and kisses for the kiddos. Hope you guys are having a good morning. We've got a lot of things to talk about today. We we had a pretty good debate yesterday about Overwatch. And yeah, the music was lower. Sorry, I forgot to turn it up. It was set to mix level for when I'm talking. It wasn't set to like when Lono steps away level. So, <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Usually I turn the music back up when I walk away. Uh, so welcome and enjoy the show today. I've got a full docket for you. We obviously the the Overwatch debate yesterday. I was enjoying it, so I was like, let's make that the focus topic for tomorrow. I think that's kind of a bigger topic than maybe some people realize. You know, what does it mean? Uh, it, it is a bit of a mixed issue, given that I don't know if Overwatch was initially even created uh, with with you know competitive teams and esports in mind it was one of those things that kind of happened on its own and now we're you know we're facing a pretty big shift uh that shirt yeah this was another 80s t uh shirt uh this one obviously from mortal Kombat. they've got two i've got two of these they're giant prints i've got uh sub-zero as well i was actually never a huge um i was actually never a huge Mortal Kombat guy, but I um, I saw these shirts and I was like, okay, those are amazing. I have to have them. So make sure and use that shirt command today. Um, yeah, the Scorpion shirt. Yeah, you like it. Uh, unfortunately, it gets a little chroma keyed. Like, I don't know why white, whitish yellows get snagged by green, which is always frustrating. Uh, so be sure anytime you order anything from 80s Tees, uh, to use code LONO for 30% off. 5v5 versus 6v6 aside, can we talk about the Bastion design rumors? I've got that in, in my talk today. I grabbed some of the talking points about that. It's funny. I found Bastion to be... I liked him a bunch initially. And then I fell in love with Genji. Uh, especially because Genji could kind of wreck his world if you timed it properly. You know, Genji could do the the ref- the reflect, and they ended up nerfing Bastion pretty significantly. He didn't end up having a lot of presence in the pro scene. Um, so we uh, we obviously were at the time we were playing it for more for fun. I was never playing it for for competitive reasons. And when they, whenever they finally addressed Bastion, I don't even think I was playing at that point in time. Or if I was, I had gone, I had gone full Genji. Like I just decided I liked him. I thought he was a, I thought he was a solid uh, character. I really enjoyed playing as him. Yo, what's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. And um, surprised you're not a big Mortal Kombat guy. The game really took off and was a peak popularity when you were a kid. Felt like anyone. Uh, I feel like everyone was playing Mortal Kombat. See, <clears throat> we grew up, we grew up on Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. So, um, uh, 
they basically uh, in our in our like little group of friends, everyone everyone really really clamored around uh, Killer Instinct and Street Fighter. So whenever we tried to play Mortal Kombat, it didn't make sense to us. Um, Bastion was nerfed from its god status early on. Yeah, he was really, really strong early on. I mean, he was he was actually really, really tough to, 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 to deal with. And then that was when I started to learn about... Um, oh, there's counters, there's things you can do to stop. And then we started using Genji because he would do the reflect thing. And as long as you timed it right, if Bastion was doing his really high rate of fire thing... You could absolutely shred him, and obviously they got they got good at knowing that you were going to do that. Uh, but he he still had a lot of things that were very very strong early on, and yeah, they turned him into a very situational character, so he didn't have a lot of presence in the pro scene. Uh, and they're they're apparently trying to rectify that. They're wanting to give him a little bit back of what he lost. And since they're giving back a little bit what he lost, they're going to take some lethality down on some stuff. Now, they said in their commentary about what they want to do with him, they uh, they don't want to basic... They don't want to say this is exactly what they're doing. Essentially, they leave themselves open uh, to... Like, this might not be the, the final word on it. It's still in testing from what I read. So we'll be talking about that today. You know, it's a symbiotic relationship between the pros and, you know, Blizzard. It is. It's a symbiotic relationship. They are... They are... uh, They're not necessarily able to just kind of, like, brush off the... The, the nature of the relationship like oh well, we'll just do whatever we want we'll just do whatever we want with with uh, overwatch it's our game you know after all there is a lot of money and a lot of viewership behind the professional scene in overwatch it was kind of shocking uh, honestly so i couldn't stand the toxicity of the community it got so bad even in just the casual scene i thought it would be chill well, it started out chill, and that see, this is the interesting thing about this discussion. That game started out very chill, very fun, and it seemed like it was going to be like a new era for like the lighthearted play with your buddies. Everybody's like arguing over characters, and it turned into a a ripe, ripe game for the competitive uh, realm. And so, that changes everything. This happens in, uh, this happened in Fortnite. As soon as Fortnite started to emerge as a potential sort of competitive game, then everybody that plays it plays with that mentality. Uh, especially once Fortnite started doing the qualifiers, so like anybody could qualify during certain like cups or whatever they called them. And it's it's so sad that that's the reality that like a game's shelf life for those of us for those of us that just want to play and have fun and kind of like I don't want to win every game, but I would like to have a good time. I would like to be able to like you know, learn and, you know, maybe get into top five, top ten, you know, on a regular basis. 
and we were able to do that in Fortnite, you know, fairly regularly. We were able to do that in Overwatch fairly regularly, have a good game, feel like we had some good rounds, and then eventually the games just get infected by the sweaties. And there's nothing you can do about that. Like, I've racked my brain on how to think about how they could approach it, and really there's only one solution that can help funnel players, but it doesn't exactly solve the toxicity problem. It doesn't solve the sweaty problem. Is, you know, a good ranking system, so you have ranked and unranked. That is a solution that should help everybody, but it ends up not really ever getting off the ground unless done exactly right. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Number one, I think it's tough to implement a good ranked and unranked system. There's always criticism, there's always complaint from people about how the ranking systems work, but I think that's the only way to to handle this, because how else do you take people that play the game all day, every day, people that play the game at a competitive level, like, where are they supposed to go? They're gonna, they're gonna cannibalize your normal playlists, like, no one's gonna want to play in those environments. This is where the term pub stomping essentially came from. The idea that if <laughs> yo, go, you see a Jeritzal, enjoy your lurk today. You know, how are, how are you going to get people to to not play at their best, right? You're not going to get people to play casually. The hope would be that if you have really good ranking system with good incentives and good reasons to go play, that the, that would create some sense of equilibrium. This idea that if you've got a place for these people to go, yes, the really, really competitive sweatheads are going to go into unranked. They're going to end up there. But they're not all going to be there. You, you, you can create some level of sweatband equilibrium. It's like, well, they're not, this isn't the only place for them to hang out. The other thing to consider, thanks, Casual Craig. The other thing to consider is that ranked should be a safe haven for you if you're not that good. Okay? If you and your buddies are average to below average, well, then ranked should be a safe haven for you if it works correctly okay any news about forbidden west there's a state of play tomorrow where we will get our first look at horizon forbidden west gameplay we will cover that on friday morning because i'm not going to be streaming in the evening i'm not doing that but we will be playing horizon zero dawn on thursday and friday uh as a way to kind of celebrate the fact that we're finally getting a look at the next game. Today, we'll be playing Days Gone. Um, there's someone skilled-based pairing in Quick Play 2. Uh, it's not strict, but it does apply there too. See, no, you have to have a clean break. You must. If you're going to do ranked and unranked, ranked must be pure connection-based I don't care if you get paired up against the best player in the world or in your region. Suck it up, right? If you want to play against people at your level, then go to ranked. Get the frick out of here. You know that unranked is the wild, wild west. You accept that when you click on it. That's how it should be. Ranked and unranked is very hard to do, right? Rainbow Six Siege has this issue. Unranked is the normal casual playlist. 
ranked as the sweat fest. The issue is that your rank is an indication of your skill, uh, and it isn't a place to play if you want people at your level. Uh, and I contribute to this by dis- is, uh, displaying your rank. As soon as people can see their rank, it becomes an indication on skill, and that matters to people, and it gets sweaty. Right, but the ranked playlist is supposed to be sweaty. You're supposed to put motivations, incentives, and rewards in there for people to go in and play according to their their level. Now, the only way you would do this to not have it be purely like, oh, well, you've played enough, you're ranked 10, and you're like, I know I've played enough, but I'm not a ranked 10 in skill, right? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm still average, Oh, it shows it in pubs. I understand. I'm going to say Gilly typed that paragraph half asleep. I was having a hard time deducing what he was saying. Um, cute mama. I haven't tr- I haven't had to, I haven't got to try the new coffee yet. No, cuz that's it's still it's still too hot. Pushback ranked is where people go to put their hair up and want to improve. To treat it like a casual playlist is backwards to what it should be. No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding my point. I'm not saying that you would treat it like a casual playlist. If you are average to below average and you don't want to play against people outside of your skill spectrum, ranked should be a safe haven for you. It's going to more accurately put you into games of people around your skill level I didn't say it should be casual don't expect to go in to a ranked playlist like let's say if your skill level is a 5 okay, and then you play against others who are also 5s that's not going to be an easy game it should be a good game it should be a close game <laughs> that's the point is everyone has a stigma they see ranked and they think, well, that's going to be the sweaty playlist. That's going to be the playlist where all of the sweatheads hang out. But ranked, if done correctly, should be a safe haven for medium to lower skilled players. That's the problem. How do you get them in there? The casual players tend to never click on ranked. They just click quick play, quick play, you know, unranked, unranked, unranked. And that's not where they should go if they if they would like to play against people in their hemisphere of skill, then they should play ranked. That's how it should work. If you go into unranked, it should be the wild, wild west. Pure connection based. Doesn't matter your skill level. Doesn't matter. You're just getting thrown into a game. You're going to take it as it comes. Right? So the higher level players, sure, they could just ignore ranked and only hang out in unranked and beat the snot out of people all day, but that's why you have to incentivize different behavior. The only way you change player behavior in an organic way is by incentivizing something other than what they're presently doing. If they're bored and there's nothing else to do, what are they going to do? They're going to stack up and steamroll. If, they're, if we're talking about higher skilled players that play a lot, unless they're on a team and they're practicing and they're running, they're running strategies and they're running plays and stuff, I mean, unless that's the case, you're not going to see high skilled players 
doing anything other than that. They're going to stack up and steamroll every freaking time. And can you blame them? What else should they do? Problem with Smurf accounts is there's almost always a bunch of them. I think Smurf accounts get completely blown out of proportion. I think I think it gets blown out of proportion. I think Smurfs have got to be a tiny, tiny percentage. I think people get beat and go check stats and then create this narrative that like, well, we were playing a recovery, we were playing a Smurf account. Not to mention, not to mention, when your player base shrinks, Smurfing seems like a bigger problem than it is. If you have a lot of people playing, running into Smurfs is not going to be a common problem. Nobody wants to play in a playlist that makes it clearly obvious you suck at the game. Ranked is always a place to show your skill and how good you are, and the goal is always to climb the mountain, not stay at the bottom in the swamp. Well, I think, but that's not the point I'm making, though, Gilly. Ranked does not have to be about purely showing skill. It can be about playing fair games, quote-unquote fair games, so that you have an opportunity to to improve. Okay, are you going to improve if I've played a game for 10 years and you've played a game for 10 minutes? Are you going to improve if you play against me all day? No, you're never going to have room to breathe. You're going to literally be cannon fodder. You're going to take two steps and be dead. I'm going to know the spawns, the weapons, the strats, the angles. You don't have a prayer. But if you're lower or medium skilled and you go into ranked, and you're consistently playing in games where you have an opportunity to learn because you're playing against other people in your skill hemisphere, you would expect the natural trajectory of that player's skill to curve upward, not stay the same. Just flatline? No. Anybody with time is going to improve even marginally at the game that they're playing. Like Your, your premise assumes that a lower skilled or an average skilled player going into ranked is going to permanently stay at that skill level. Like, why are you presuming that? I I don't think that that's a fair presumption to make. They're going to stay at that skill level if all they ever do is get steamrolled and stomped because they have no opportunity to improve. They're They're just a notch on that guy's belt in his montage for the day. What is smurfing? When people make a brand new account so it has no rank and they get to play at lower levels and because they're really high skill, they just get to absolutely blast them. I remember someone thought I was a smurf account in Overwatch and I was like, no sir, I was just on today. Right? That's a very good point, Janelle. Sometimes you just have a really good game and they check your stats and they're like, oh, this is a smurf. It's like, I'm not smurfing. I just kind of popped off. And then the next game, I'll, I'll, I'll be a scrub. Just you wait and watch, you know? I'm not going to be up here all day long. Let me have my moment in the sun, you know? Don't act like one moment or one good game is the defining purpose in that person's career. Dude, the coffee turned up. It tastes gorgeous. Thank you and the fam for your work on this. Thank you, UK Stobbs, for ordering. And I know you're all the way over there across the pond. Smurfing is when... Oh, okay. Janelle's explaining it to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will make sure this is easy to read. My wife loves Rocket League. She only plays ranked. She seems to have 10 times more fun in ranked than in pubs. When she plays uh, with people she does not know, she plays pubs. She says pubs are not fun for her. 
She likes the 3-4 score game rather than the pub that can be severely one-sided. Hope this is easy to read. No, no, no. That's the point that I'm making. I had the exact same experience in Valorant. When we had people that could play ranked, the games were so much more enjoyable. When we went into unranked, we would play against people that we had no business playing against. We, I'd have one good game. We'd have one good game. We'd beat up some other team. And then the very next game, they're like, well, clearly you guys should be playing Johnny No Life over here. And it's like, no. Like, of course we had a good game. We, Of course we had a good game. We were playing against bad players. We look way more impressive than we are. Like, I could beat my daughter at chess. That doesn't mean you line up Bobby Fisher for me next because I, oh, look how quickly you beat your daughter at chess. Well, why don't we line this guy up for you? And it's a chess master. I'm like, why in the frick would you do that? Of course I had a bet. I, I, it was my daughter. Of course I had good stats. I played, I played bad players. That's the problem with ad hoc skill-based matchmaking is it's like, it, it takes a snapshot of you in an instant and determines the rest of your afternoon. You're like, ah, oh, here we go. I had one I had one good game. You need this shirt in your life? Hey, it's from 80s Tees, dude. It's another 80s Tees. I have a, I have a Sub-Zero one upstairs. These, these large print shirts are awesome. I feel like Unranked typically gets overly crowded with high-ranking people because they play that so that they don't have to sweat so much. For us plebs, playing ranked is probably better when in low tiers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if they could remove the stigma and get lower skilled players to play in ranked, they would see the light. I was not a high level player in Valorant. I was average. And I was like, can we please play ranked? Please. And we'd have one or two people. You had to hit a certain level before you could play ranked. So we had to play so many games of unranked and it was drudgery. I was like, I hate playing an unranked. It's awful. It is truly awful. And truth be told, the only way you get some level of equilibrium with the sweaties, you have to put a good incentive in ranked or they're never going to go over there either. You know what I mean? Yeah, guys, smash the like button. Strong start to the day. Thanks everybody for being here. Get us to 200 likes. That'd be amazing. <clears throat> Noted. A daughter wrote a letter to Bobby to keep dad humble following victory. <laughs> That's right. AC says 5v5 is a net downgrade because fights over faster. Toxicity, same. same. Less dynamic, less intense. More tanks OP to be fun. Could just add more tanks, less fun. I know you have limited characters in YouTube. I'm having trouble tracking with your argumentation, AC. I wanted to engage with you because I saw somebody talking about the 5v5 downgrade. Um, let's switch scenes here so you can see all the relevant commands. We should get a poll going. I'm trying to. I'm racking my brain for a good poll question right now. Voltron shirts. Oh, yeah, I'm getting a few. Yeah, they got everything over there at 80s Tees. Guys, remember, I'm always wearing a shirt from 80s Tees, okay? You can use the shirt command. Anytime you go to 80s Tees, go over there, use code LONO. Use code LONO, L-O-N-O, for 30% off your order. Amazing thumbnail for the video today. Thank you. We're we're getting I'm getting my footing with these thumbnails. I like it. I like it. I'm, it's it's been fun. Okay. 5v5 is a net downgrade because fights over faster. Toxicity same. Less dynamic, less intense. 
Make tanks, make tanks OP to be fun? Question mark. Could just add more tanks. More fun tanks, less fun. You're gonna have to take a couple t- couple comments to spell it, to spell it out. I'm having a hard. I'm still having a hard time tracking with the the flow of the argument. Fortnite said fudge you to their pro scene. Why can't Overwatch? Fortnite seems to use theirs for advertising. Okay, here's the thing, Ash, and here's the thing. If you look at the money, if you look at the money, then, oh, people think it's to stop toxicity. Oh, is that, I I thought they said it was because it was going to limit some of the, some of the, 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 the intensity of the matches. Like, there's so much going on, there's too many people. They were trying to thin it out. Ashen, if you look at the money, there's a big difference between what happened with Overwatch and what happened with Fortnite, Okay. So from 2019 to 2020, the like the grand finals had like a, a 260% viewership increase uh, in I think it was in the Asian market for for Overwatch. Now there's a de- there's been a decrease in viewership in the American market. But entrance fees entrance fees in 2019 yielded at least 600 million dollars for them. Entrance fees alone were were in were around six hundred million dollars in two in twenty nineteen. Now that's obviously for the big stuff. That doesn't include all the smaller things, smaller events, smaller tournaments. So the big dogs, the big teams, entrance fees six hundred million dollars. All right, that's just entrance fees. That's not sponsorships. That's not advertising. That's not viewership. You know, with a two hundred and sixty percent increase in viewership for the grand finals in the Asian market and you're, you think the sequel's not going to bring more of that cash flow they have a vested interest in treating this symbiotic relationship delicately this gets delicate I don't have a poll up yet Bada. Uh let's okay let, what, what do we what do we what do we think would be a good poll here what do you think would be a good poll let's see are the maps going to be smaller? I mean, everything is changing with the 5v5. Uh, let's say Overwatch to um, gameplay change to 5v5. Good or a bad thing? All right, hang on. Uh, I'm going to make it really simple for you guys. And then I'm going to put why, because I want to hear your explanations. Uh, good. Bad. Overwatch 2 gameplay change to 5v5. Good or a bad thing? Why? There it is. There's your daily poll. Get over there. I like reading your guys' response to the polls. Neutral? Well, neutral would be good. If it's not bad, it's good. You can't be neutral. Get out of here, Robert. What do you think this is? What is this? Neutral. What are you voting present? You'd make a great congressman. Get the frick out. <laughs> You'd make a great politician. Robert's like, I don't want to get involved in this. I'm just present. <laughs> Oh, there we go. There we go. You like even numbers? 
<laughs> That's your vote. You're like, you know what? I like even numbers, so this has got to be a bad thing. This has got to be a bad thing. <laughs> hey, we need two more likes to hit 200 likes. If you're enjoying yourself today, this is what we do Monday through Friday. It's a live show. It's safe for work. You don't got to worry about the language I'm going to use. A lot of people treat me like gaming radio. They throw me on in the background. Our main topic is obviously what we're breaking down right now, the Overwatch 2 backlash. We've got more gaming news topics for later in the show. Knockout City is apparently a hidden gem. Is Xbox requiring always online again? And what should Cyberpunk set their sights on for DLC when it gets here? So, thanks for being here. Make sure if you're enjoying the show, a great way to support me is to hit the subscribe button, then the bell button. Uh, that will make sure you get notified. Now, if you're an existing sub or a longtime sub or brand new sub, you're going to want to check that bell. Check that bell. It gets switched from all to personalized or off, so that way you don't miss these shows every day. There will be gameplay later. We do gameplay on this channel now. We'll be jumping back into Days Gone. You guys seemed to really enjoy that the other day, so we're jumping back into Days Gone. We are done with Biomutant. I will probably do a final review tomorrow, maybe, about why I'm done with Biomutant. That game is rough and very disappointing. Uh, We will be playing Horizon Zero Dawn tomorrow on the PS5, as well as Friday, to sort of put some focus on that game, since tomorrow we're going to get our first look at Horizon Forbidden West. so I'm not going to be able to show the state of play tomorrow that's in like the evening so we'll break down the state of play about Horizon Forbidden West right so in this scenario with the Overwatch 5v5 change okay it's a symbiotic relationship the Overwatch scene grew okay organically and we were talking about this the other day yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn is on PC. I'm going to I'm going to play it on PS5. I want to see what it looks like on the PS5. I think people will be interested to see that game on PS5, especially in light of state of play and everything. Um, yeah, Hilly, I saw the video. It looks good. Sorry. I literally watched it laying in my bed this morning when I woke up. It looks good. It looks good. Um, I feel maybe there's like Maybe too many cuts and movements once you're looking at the board. You know what I mean? It could just be more like a slower, just one movement, just circling. I don't know if it needs to do all the swoopings, cutting, and, and all of that. I think simple is sometimes a lot stronger for that kind of stuff. That's my only feedback. So, we were talking about this the other day. If you try and make a game to be an eSport, all right? You, 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 from the very, very beginning. So look at Valorant. Riot set their sights on the CSGO format, and they said, we're making a game like that, and we're going to inject it with Overwatch. Okay? That's what Valorant is. Valorant is basically the CSGO Team Fortress game. You know, they, they injected it with Overwatch. Okay? And so that's them trying to make an eSport. Now, I don't know how successful they're going to be long-term, and here's why. The most successful, most-watched eSports, in, historically speaking, have tended to be games that are sort of grassroots-supported by the community. 
So the start of it all, you know, you go all the way back to Halo. That's kind of the beginning. So is StarCraft. These are the, this is the birthplace of esports. These were things that the community drove. Then you have things like League of Legends. Again, largely driven by the community. That game was not built to be an esport. It's been crafted and tweaked over the years to be a long-standing household name in the esport world. And that's what happened with Overwatch. Now, when Overwatch landed, there's not a doubt in my mind that Blizzard wasn't considering the possibility of the game going in that direction. But when Overwatch first landed, I don't necessarily think that game was built from the bottom to the top to be an eSport. I think it was built to be a fun, competitive, character, class-based arena shooter. And it turned into another large, long-standing, lots of folks watching it, eSport. Now, there are two things that come with that. There are two things that come with that. Number one, there's unintended consequences. It's like, well, we didn't intend for this to happen, so what are we supposed to do, right? What are we supposed to do with all of the imbalances? The more we've studied it, the more we've looked at it, we think that less players, smaller maps, whatever... We think that that is the way to go. Well, it this sort of organically grew into something else. It's like when a tree grows in your backyard and it kind of grows in a way you don't want it to. And, you know, it takes it takes 20 or 30 years, but then your fence is messed up. The, the, the foundation to your garage is messed up. Why? Well, I mean, it just kind of grew. Yeah, you didn't plan for that to happen. You're like, well, it's a pretty tree, and we like that tree, and it it gives our it gives our house shade in the summer. They had OWL planned out before Overwatch launched. Are you serious? Well, then maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong in my estimation. But in my estimation, it was largely driven by the community. It wasn't something that they like from moment one we're pushing for but maybe I'm incorrect in my uh, in my summary OW2 is CS source it will take a whole other iteration for Blizzard to get it right this is not organic Overwatch was not developed with any dedication toward esports, focusing on building a great competitive game first and foremost, according to Morhaime. Though they recognized that the game had potential as an esports game through internal testing. See, that's what I'm saying. That was my that was my entire premise. I was like, when that game launched, I don't remember that being a big push. It took a while for that to become a thing, and that was largely pushed by the the community. The community kind of, you know. They pushed it. They they rallied around the game, and it became a thing. Uh, $2 tip from Andrew. Thank you for using Super Chat to send me a $2 tip. They weren't pushing for it moment one. I remember an early video of Jess saying the moment they realized that the game was going to be competitive. Okay, then, okay, good. Then my narrative is sound. I was like, I, I think my narrative is sound here. If you see, the most consistent thread and theme in the most successful esports has been that it happens organically it's not something planned and orchestrated and built from moment one Valorant could obviously change that because that game from moment one was built for esports 
It was an accident. It was meant to be an MMO called Titan, and Overwatch was the, what they cobbled together from the ash of that project. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I had never heard that before. Hang on, I gotta, I gotta try this coffee. So this is the coffee I'm trying right now. Is sourced uh, from uh, Mexican beans, and it is one of the flavors we're considering for the Frickmas blend. So let me, let me give it a real sample here. Okay, okay. All right, I'm going to keep drinking it. I'm going to keep drinking it. It's good. It's very good. We have another one. We have a Nicaraguan. Am I saying that right? I am not saying that right. Am I saying that right? Nicaraguan? Is that how you say it? It sounds wrong. Nicaragua. You're supposed to, like, roll it together. In any case, those are the two beans we're trying. It sounds wrong. I don't say it very often. We have friends that moved there, so I was like, I'm saying it right, aren't I? It sounds wrong, though. It's... Yeah. Nicaragua. I think you're supposed to, like, run it together. Anyway, those are the two coffee beans we're trying for the Frickmas blend. So... We'll let you know because we gotta we gotta push that. We want to do that early. We want to do that early in case there's any snags or snafus or anything. So and right now, oh, somebody asked this morning about the dark roast. The labels are already being printed for dark roast, the dark version of the rageless roast. So we're very excited for that to come forward uh, too. So, that's one of the dilemmas, I think, that Blizzard is facing with this situation with, um, with Overwatch, is it grew in an organic way, and now they're, they're reassessing and saying, we really think longevity here, we really think the push forward is, is to, is for it to be a smaller you know, environment, 5v5, you know, if you guys haven't taken our poll yet, we've got one up, we've got one up, yesterday's poll was about Biomutant, it cleared over a thousand votes, Biomutant gameplay, after seeing and reading reviews, are you still planning on buying it, today's poll, Overwatch 2 gameplay changed to 5v5, is it a good or a bad thing, we want to hear from you, use that poll command, Use that poll command. It's split right now. Not a lot of votes. So you guys could clearly sway this. There's not a lot of votes. Only 58. So head over there and sway that poll in the direction that you'd like it to go. Whatever you're, uh, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking. Um, 1309 times 0.9. Hey, look at that. We're, you guys are really responding to notifications now. We really think we've figured out the rhythm to ensure that we don't end up with notifications that get turned off. Um, so, thank you everybody for being here. If you're a new viewer, thanks for being here. If this got, if this showed up in a search uh, result for you or suggested, we appreciate you uh, you being here. Um, I got an email that says Biomutant launches today. You guys should really send your emails on time. It is the day late. Wow. They literally sent me a code to play the game early access. And now they're sending out an email saying it's launching today. (laughs) 
no. Is 5v5 the max? Did they change it from 6v6? I haven't followed the news about it. Yes. So, uh, cream of wheat. The idea is... The idea is they are lowering the standard player count from 6v6 to 5v5. Yes. You will not be able to boot up Overwatch 2 and play 6v6 unless there's some sort of private match thing that lets you do it. More than likely, if they're going down to 5v5, that means everything is being tuned around that. Um, Abilities, passives, ultimates, map size, map design, map angles, everything is going to be essentially built around this. I mean, at its core, 5v5 is a significant change. There'll be areas of maps and and tunnels and things that you won't be able to do, longs and shorts that can't be covered in the same way uh, when you when you switch player count like that. Imagine right now going and playing Overwatch or Valorant and just chopping a character off. It would change everything. Your all of your all of your strategies would become would become dramatically different based off of how do you cover certain places? Well, that that person used to cover that or push that or whatever. You can't can't do those things anymore. What does that mean for OW1? They claimed you would be able to cross-play with the two. I have no idea how that would even work. How are you going to cross-play between OW1 and 2? What would would you I don't understand how that would function. I'm excited for 5v5. It's going to be great. And then the next person says it'll be different. It'll be worse. <laughs> This is not how you fix tanks. If you're in an Overwatch esports team, you're worrying that you'll get cut. Well, obviously, that's the concern. It seems that tanks are the target. If you're a tank, right? If you play a tank, then you're you're worried that your 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 job is in jeopardy. Right? The, the way that these teams set up, I mean, you're not you're not in there like, hey, I'm, I'll play. You're, there are no Bo Jacksons in this world that can play every position. They're looking for, they're looking for people to play a role, a DPS, a healer, a tank, right? Like if you're, if you don't fall into one of those lanes and have a character that's sort of your main, that you are like, that is it for you. That is your character. That's how these teams function. So many people are looking at team comp right now and assuming that most teams would chop a tank. It's a 2 2 2 strategy, right? Two tanks, two heal, two DPS. So, in a 2 2 2 strategy, you would probably consider that's that's the one area in the strategy where you would you wouldn't want to lose a support, you wouldn't want to lose DPS. So, you're going to lose a tank. That's the thought process here. You think the natural terrain they're putting for maps moving forward would be enough cover to play effectively without a second tank well more than likely that would be the consideration that they would have to make like if you're gonna if you're gonna do this to the game that has to be a consideration the developers take is that well wait a minute if if we set this room up in this way if we set this choke point this bottleneck this defense point if we set them up in this way it's gonna be a disaster because they won't have two tanks It'll be it'll it'll be a complete and utter disaster. It's not gonna it's not gonna balance. It's not gonna flow properly. These games are built off of the idea of of counter 
Like, you need to have a counter and a response to what the other team is doing. So it comes down to strategy, it comes down to audible of like, what are we going to do if this strategy doesn't work, if this push doesn't work, like, what are we going to do if this person gets down, knocked, whatever, like, all of those team strategies are not built overnight. They go into every map and they establish every possible scenario that could happen so that they know what to do. It's like... There, there's basically a rule book in the pro's mind of if this happens, I need to do this. If this happens, if captain calls for this, we do this. And if the maps aren't designed around fives, it, you, you can't develop those strategies. Your analogy to football is perfect when playing at that level. It's like cutting the offensive line down by one and then expecting the lineman to become an alt-wide receiver. Well, if both teams lose a lineman you would think, oh, that'll just come out in the wash. No. No. If you're playing football at that level, at a professional level, and you take away an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman, everything changes. Every play you run, every position, every route, everything changes because of that one difference. You suddenly have one less offensive and defensive lineman. And it's like, now, now, they did something in hockey they removed the two line pass rule years ago and it opened up the game it let the game breathe instead of being all these little like short passes and fights that make the game really really you know run really really slow it opened up the game scores started to go up because there's more chance for breakaways it makes the game more exciting viewership went up for hockey okay so if you're looking at Overwatch going down from 6v6 to 5v5, it could, as Bella is saying, less players means more action. 5v5 could be better for high-skilled teams, but the casuals won't like it, whatever. Right? Because you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna all of a sudden open the game up. Unfortunately, I would think, at a professional level, that's not gonna be the case. Because psychologically, you're going to respond to that and you're going to hunker down and you're going to stay close. As opposed to making space with, as, as AC is saying, a tank is making space, creating space and allowing the map to breathe. The other question is, if you go down to 5v5, are they going to shrink the, are they going to shrink the maps? Is the average map size going to be smaller? Are rooms going to be smaller? Are your short approaches and long approaches going to look different? You know, A short, B short. Well, what's that going to look like? Is it is it? Are they going to shrink some of that because you have less players now? Will that make the map feel more claustrophobic? You know, these are all things that are going to be analyzed and sliced up in the in the launch weeks of the game. Life is great with a five dollar tip. Any chance YouTube asked for your recommendation on how to pr- improve YouTube gaming? I got an email. I got an email from their from their true testing department, and they would like me to jump on a call. So I'm waiting to hear back on how to how we're gonna schedule that. We're gonna like schedule like a 30 minute thing. I think they're doing that with anybody who's been using certain features on the website. So I think if you've been going live and or uploading shorts, they want to talk to people of certain channel sizes. So I think we're close enough and active enough that they're interested in my input. So, 
we are uh, we're we're hopeful that the living and the live environment over here could could get into a much better place. Um, so, thank you for the five dollar tip. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for smashing the like button for a very active chat this morning. If we get about thirty more likes, we'll have we'll have three hundred. Roll those likes over and take our poll. If you would like to sway the results here, I just refreshed it. We now have over 100 votes on the poll. Uh, Overwatch gameplay. Overwatch 2, the gameplay to 5v5. Is this a good thing or a bad thing and why? I want to hear from you. Let's read some comments from the poll. Let's get you guys, let's get some of this drummed up here. Let's get some debate going. Uh, Zintho says, when Destiny 2 went from 6 to 4, it was lame. I cannot shake the feeling that this is a bad change. Uh, it feels similar, for sure. It feels similar. It's like, well, let's strip the game down. Let's, let's, let's open things up. Um, Bella says, I think with less players, games will move a little slower, more strategy, less shooting. I can see an organized team enjoying it, but I think casuals will get bored. That's what happened in Destiny. Less players slowed the whole game flow down. It also changed all damage output. Like, everything was slow. Everything. They made everything slower because of less people. Just to be clear, they never said you couldn't play two tanks, right? It just switched from 5v5 and tanks are in fear because it was a two-tank meta. Why does that mean tanks will be cut? Well, because something, uh, Stubby, if you have a 2-2-2 strategy, two DPS, two support, two tank, I think most teams are automatically thinking if we have to drop one player, we would drop a tank, right? Because if you go to tank, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to drop a dips? Are you going to drop a support player? No, no. They did say they were dropping to single tank. Oh, is that like going to be the new rule? I thought the teams were just automatically presuming that that would be the right call would be to drop a tank or is that like they're saying no it's going to be you're not it, it, like that they're going to make that a rule it's going to be a 2-2-1 two, two, one. one tank two dips two support is force they make you play that way so they're saying that's the way it's going to be oh okay I wasn't sure if it had been announced I thought it had been theorized that that's where it was going it was the devs that said they are dropping tanks Okay, okay, okay. I did not realize that. <clears throat> In that case, I think it's ridiculous. That's why I asked. Right, they're ch- they're essentially changing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indoor soccer versus regular soccer. Smaller teams, smaller fields, more scoring. Sure, sure. It could it could really really lead to. Uh, it can lead to a lot of, of changes in game flow, game score, game, how fast games go. All of that could change. All of it. Um, Vengeance replied to our poll here about the issue. I say bad because of the odd man out effect. It's similar to when the norm for a lot of squad-based games went from four-man squads to three-man squads. Uh, yeah, could be bad for um, non-pros as well. Yeah, if like you and your boys like to play on a Friday night, if you and your boys like to play on a Friday night, and you're like, "Hey, let's go play," we got our team, and now all of a sudden you can't. There's le- there's there's less slots, you know. 
there's less slots tanks are always preferable to dps that's why all the metas have been mostly because of tanks goats comp triple tank dive meta it was always about tanks that's why they force people to drop them okay the devs are making decisions for the teams is pretty much why everyone is mad they talked to no one and just said sucks to suck I understand I understand okay so this is bigger than just game flow format change they're literally trying to force a meta yeah yeah they're trying to force a meta it makes sense they're trying to say listen this is how you're going to play and teams are like wait what this was established 222 was established what are you doing and isn't triple tank why they force team comps to 222 right and listen i don't have i don't think anybody ultimately i I wasn't involved in, in in any of the shout casting or the coverage of this but i can imagine most teams saying we feel that's fair 222 triple tank got a little crazy you know this is a little wild triple tank was 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 you know was bonkers and so having a balanced 222 setup is is sensible six you know you got six players and you're pulling two from every class type i mean that that just i don't know that just makes sense keep in mind jeff kaplan isn't there anymore no one likes being made redundant oh they did no dps they did triple tank triple support wow it's so funny how do you see how do you see how that happens when you have a game that isn't built for esports like they they I think they knew it could kind of become a competitive game they knew it could go that route but high skilled players it's like Ian Malcolm says in Jurassic Park life will find a way these guys get in their little in their little think tanks and they're like what if just just hang with me here what if we did triple tank triple support they break down the math, they break down the abilities, the timing, and, and and how quickly they could do certain things, and they come up with a strategy that the developers were like, what the frick are you guys doing? I can't believe this is working. Are you guys seeing this? Triple tank, triple support? You know, when that game first came out, I, I guarantee you, nobody conceived that that was ever going to be a thing. Nobody conceived of it. And so that's one of the reasons why, like, it's a song and a dance. It's a tango. Like, there's a back and forth. That's what Goat's Comp was. That's crazy. Meta will find a way. Yeah. High-skilled players will always find cracks in the surface and figure out ways to play the game. So, Triple Tank was the last time I played. It was insane. It was Goat. Well, and see, you have to... This is why I say it's a relationship. It's a symbiotic relationship between pro players and Blizzard. Okay? And here's why. Authorial intent has to be considered. If I write a letter to you, okay, and I am frantic, and I am panicked while writing the letter, and my intention is to motivate you to leave your house because something terrible is going to happen okay and if you get the letter and you're like oh it's a letter from Lono and you read it and you're like my gosh the handwriting's terrible and 
What is happening here? He's, well, he seems very angry and worried. Oh, well. And you don't consider authorial intent. You analyze and you break down my letter as if I wrote it in a calm state of mind or whatever. You have to consider what were my intentions when I wrote the letter, right? And that is essentially how you would have interpreted it. Especially like, let's say you're interpreting into another language or something. If you don't consider my intentions, then you're going to mess up context. You're going to mess up uh, if there's not one-to-one word, you know, word replacement. Now, the reason I'm talking about authorial intent is in the development gaming world, the intentions of the developer have to be considered. So when they designed a game for 6v6 with this wide host of characters that could potentially be played as, you have to consider the fact that their intention was not to have teams running three support, three tank. It was... No, you, you want to have give and take. It's like, a, it's like a tug of war. You have people running this character, people running that character. People are, are running counters you know, to the other team's strategy and to the other team's plays. Like That's the intention of the developer. And so when you arrive at that sort of thing happening, I think it's acceptable for the developer to kind of come down from the ivory tower and be like, all right, look, look, we're... We're, this is not what we intended to have happen here. This is this is not what we wanted the game to turn into. And when that happens, there has to be an understanding between player and developer that this is a song and dance. We're in this together, right? It's a, As I say, it's a symbiotic relationship. You're benefiting from the pro scene, and the pro scene's benefiting from your game's existence, right? Rock, paper, scissors... Right, whatever you want to call it, rock, paper, scissors, tug of war, whatever you want to call it, there is play and counterplay. That's what makes the game work, is that there's play and counterplay. You can't stand Bastion, run Genji and deflect his bullets back at him, right? You can't stand, you can't stand, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, I, I have not played the game in ages. You can't stand what this, what this tank is doing. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to bust him up and get behind him and try and DPS his face off. Like you're going to have to subvert what that character is doing with your own counterplay. And if, if the result of everything they've built is that people are running triple support, triple tank, I think it's acceptable for the developer to be like, well, we got to, we got to work on this. This is not what we intended, right? How do I tweet for coffee? If you've gotten your coffee and you want to tweet an image of it, you can just mention me at say no to rage and then be sure to use hashtag rageless roast. Um, Bada says they did not switch to a force two 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 solely because of how they thought they sh- they you should play. It was also to solve the issue when people would queue into a game and they'd get paired with five other DPS players. And the other team had two support, two tank, and two DPS players. They all played those roles at, say, diamond level. Then the six DPS team has a choice to all play DPS or try and create a well-rounded team, but not all of those people might play those other roles at diamond level, so they get stumped because of bad matchmaking. Right, 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 yeah. When the game first came out, you could play six of one character. They must have seen people playing... Some sort of triple tank eventually, even after they remove the multiple heroes. Well, again, though, they let... Yeah, I remember we were goofing off one day and we ran six of... I forget what we ran. It was hilarious. 
Um, cause it, cause it, it, I think it worked. I think we were just being stupid and we ran like, um, I don't even know what we ran six of. Did we run six Roadhogs? I can't remember. It was obnoxious, but I'm sure they conceived of people doing it, but you have to understand something just because you can doesn't mean it's going to work. Okay. Like right now. Okay. Right now you could go into destiny and run three shotguns right and never run you're never running a sniper nobody's running a hand cannon nobody's running anything with range right that doesn't mean you're going to just because you can do that doesn't mean people are going to Be- why because there is an inherent weakness and and deficiency if you run a strategy like that okay so if if you're if you're all running, you know, Soldier 76 or whatever, you knew deep down that that probably wasn't going to go over very well. I remember we ran up against a team that did all the same character and we got really annoyed because we didn't know what to do against it, but eventually we knew what to do and then we were able to we were able to uh, to overcome. We spent about 15 minutes being annoyed and then we realized, oh, this isn't going to work for them. And cricket, there's no law against me going out to bat without a bat and just punching the ball away. It's not intended play, though. Rageous Rose doesn't come when I try to do the hashtag. You'll have to just type it out. Sometimes it's, if enough people are doing hashtag Rageous Roast, it's suggested. If it's not suggested, just type it out. It doesn't have to be suggested. We were just celebrating the one day that it was suggesting that as a hashtag. That was because so many people were doing it. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee about 20 minutes ago. Thank you, Mithrax, for ordering some more of the Rageless Roast. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, if you're here this morning and you're enjoying the conversation, this is a safe for work broadcast. I do a live show Monday through Friday. In the morning, it's a talk show. In the afternoon, we do gameplay. So if you're enjoying your time here, we want to earn your subscription. It's totally free to hit subscribe. Make sure you set your bell button to all so you don't miss these streams. You can support me directly as well if you want to do a paid membership by clicking the join button or using the join command. We have five tiers of membership. It gets you increased access on our Discord and does support what I do here every day for you. We do turn down the advertisements pretty significantly here. You're not getting hit with non-skippables and things like that. And that is one way that you can uh, show your appreciation and support uh, for us not running, you know, a ton of ads. Uh, Six players aiming with shotguns. You mean Iron Banner? Well, no, 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 no. I I, I don't want to talk about Destiny. Forget that I said that. There are games where you can run absurd strategies, okay? There are games where you can run absurd strategies, but they're not going to work at a competitive level, okay? They're not going to work at a competitive level. You could could run, when, when Overwatch, you know, first came out, you could run six... Soldier 76s, but you you were you were going to go up against a team that knew what they were doing and they were going to make light work of you. There was going to be nothing you could do to stop them. It, it, it only was fun for like an afternoon. Somebody's asking, uh, I'm, I'm playing Days Gone on PC later this afternoon. You guys seem to really like that. We are done with Biomutant. It just did not work. It, that game is in su- is just so disappointing. Um, 
and tomorrow we'll be starting a fresh playthrough of Horizon Zero Dawn on PS5 just to show it off. We'll be doing that Thursday and Friday because tomorrow's state of play there we're going to be seeing for the first time Horizon Forbidden West uh, for Horizon Forbidden West um, gameplay during the state of play. We'll be covering that Friday morning, breaking down what I think and why it's so exciting because I love that franchise. What is Rageless Roast? Rageless Roast is the coffee that we sell here. It is a light roast. We are currently working on an order of dark roast. And it's medium bodied, honey undertones, smooth finish, and the most important part, balanced acidity. If you've never had coffee before with a balanced acidity, it makes it so incredibly drinkable. Uh, it is so smooth. It makes a good cold brew. People drink it with creamer, without creamer. This is great coffee. And uh, people have been ordering it like crazy and tweeting about it, and we appreciate your support. My kids help package it up, so you'll get like a little post-it note with a drawing from them on it. Uh, they love helping out. So, it supports me, it supports my family. You can go to ragelessroast.com, or you can use the coffee command in chat if you'd like to order some today. We appreciate everybody doing that. Uh, I played Days Gone just now on PC. It is such a good port. It is such a good port. They did such a good job with it. No, I don't want to do that. You drank some this morning, straight black. Yeah, it's very, very smooth. It's one of the most important things about the coffee is that it has the balanced acidity. Um, was your play of Biomutant recorded? I don't see it on the gaming channel. We do gameplay here now, JC, and so that's it's on this channel. Both videos of me playing Biomutant are here in a gameplay playlist as past broadcasts. Day one, and then yesterday. Roughly five and a half hours of gameplay. Um, <clears throat> need an instant version? I have a Keurig. Somebody asked earlier if Rageous Roast goes in a Keurig. Go to Amazon, buy yourself reusable K-Cups, and just put my coffee in it. It's better for the environment, and it's going to save you a ton of freaking money. So... What flavor is the Frickmas blend going to be? I don't know what we would call this. We would come up with a flavor description for it. The I'm drinking right now. These are beans sourced from Mexico. And then I have Nicaraguan uh, Nicaraguan beans upstairs. I really struggle to say that, that word. Um, so we have two bean types right now that we're testing the flavor of for, uh, for the Frickmas blend for Christmas. And it's this one that I'm trying this morning is so good. It's very, very good. It's very bright. Uh, the Eula is so intrusive for days gone. I will never let it on my PC. Oh, you're one of those people. Okay. $20 from Alfonso says they they may let 6v6 in arcade. Thank you for the $20 tip through Super Chat. I appreciate that support. Um, I mean, I, I'm be honest with you. I'm be honest with you. I don't think they're going back on this, right? I don't think that they're going back on this. They're not going to, like, let you do it in another way or another world or private matches or anything like that. Now, they might, as like a as like a fun party game mode or, like you're saying, an arcade, I can't see them walking back on this. There is more than likely months if not years of work that have gone into this decision with respect to balancing the classes balancing the maps this is not some this is not some thing they're just gonna like walk back and like ah well you know 
well, you guys got angry, we'll make this big change. I don't think so. I, I This is here to stay. I don't think you'll be able to do 6v6 at all in Overwatch 2. I, I can't see them making that 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 allowance or that change. Um, stream safe music but heavier. Try it today. Oh, is it like a like a heavier band? Um, I they I'm I think they. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, Christina. That guy has me blocked. So another another genius coward in the industry. Um, every hero is changed people are viewing this as Overwatch 1 which it would not work no no news there sweat I'm still working on I'm still if there's news you'll know if there's news you'll know because it'll be you'll see movement or tweets or you'll see me throwing confetti in the air I'm still needing to do transcripts of stuff and I have had no time to do it Yo, what's good, Coyote? A $10 tip through Super Chat. Hello, no. Sweet shirt. Thank you, sir. And a Q&A. They said 6v6 may end up in an arcade mode, but they'll have to see how the new hero changes work out. Right. See, like, they're, 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 they're leaving themselves open to do it, but it's like there's too many. They've made too many changes. You know what I mean? Biomutant would have been fine if they could get the melee combat right. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not just the melee combat, it's combat in general. There's about 18 problems with combat. Obviously, one of the biggest and most glaring problems is that the melee feels like trash, you know? Likely carries a phone that tracks every movement, every, uh, every word type, website visited, thanks to the EULA, (laughs) thanks to EULA's invasive. I, like I said, you're one of those, exactly, Eugene, come on. (laughs) <laughs> you have an account <laughs> he has an account on YouTube and is typing in a YouTube chat do you know who owns YouTube Google Google does do you do you think do you do you, do you think you're <laughs> do you think you're hiding from Big Brother you have an account on YouTube my man <laughs> you know that Eula is so invasive as I have a Google account, <laughs> as I have a as I have a Facebook account and a Twitter account and uh, an Instagram, <laughs> they know your shoe size. They know what color of pants you like to wear. They know the size of your underwear, dude. <laughs> just accept it. I've just accepted it. I'm like, that's fine. It's fine. Feed me advertisement. You know the creepiest thing? Let me let me let me explain to you the creepiest thing ever. I saw an article on Reddit about the AT&T girl, okay? Girl. She's a, she's a grown woman. But if you've ever watched those AT&T commercials, they were using this woman for their commercials and she's quite beautiful. And people found out that she has a history in modeling. And she is very uh, buxom, very busty, but they don't necessarily make that the centerpiece of an AT&T commercial. So pictures of her started circulating and everyone was Google searching the AT&T girl. And so I saw an article on Reddit about how in the recent commercials, she's sort of hiding her body from view and everyone was like, oh, is she pregnant? The, the usual garbage internet crap that happens 
when like a woman's like hey <laughs> I have a surprise everyone's like are you pregnant it's like why the frick would that be your first thing like why is that your first no like leave leave that off the table uh, anyway that's a side rant so everybody assumed that's what it was so this interview about it she said that she didn't appreciate how once she was in those commercials everybody started focusing on her body and talking about her body and she didn't appreciate that okay so I read I read that article on reddit I talked to my wife about it okay that's it that was my that was my interchange with her as a topic and a person that was it I read a post on reddit I clicked on the article, read the interview, because I saw her face. I was like, oh, I remember her from the commercials. What's going on with her body? What the frick? All right. The next day, I opened up Instagram, and she was in, pictures of her was in my suggested, was in my suggested. I was like, what the, what? Didn't search her name, didn't look her up read an article that was linked to in another application read it and and talked about it with my wife like I don't know if like my my, my Amazon Alexa was listening or something <laughs> that's all I did that's all I did I was just scrolling through reddit clicked on a re- clicked on an article huh babe did you know that this happened that's crazy she's actually one of the she's actually one of the directors or producers of the commercials she's not just an actor She's like, she directs the commercials. Like, that's pretty interesting. And then all of a sudden, she's in my suggesteds. I'm like, what the frick is this? What kind of big brother nonsense? What? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Your phone's constantly listening. I mean, uh, I just decided. I was like, all right. You know, they're just listening to you at all times. They're listening to us right now. <laughs> the machines, by the way, not people, not people. I, I could take people listening and the machines are listening. <laughs> uh, I was chatting with some friends on Instagram. I made a joke about losing my hair in a weird spot on my head. The next thing I was getting bombarded with hair loss ads. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, let's refresh the poll results. If you guys haven't voted on this, we want to hear from you. This is the topic of today. If you clicked on this video, you may have clicked on this video from a search result or from suggested, like YouTube may have suggested this video to you. About 10% of the people that have landed here today are from suggested. About 4% are from search. So a good percentage of you are landing in here because this video is showing up in different places on YouTube. We do a live show. It's a live discussion. I have a planned segment about the Overwatch 2 backlash. We have a planned segment. I'll put a timestamp in the description later if you want to come back and watch it. I'd rather you stick around and stay and join the conversation. We want to hear from you. It's a live interactive show. Overwatch 2 gameplay changed to 5v5. Is this a good or a bad thing? Take our poll. You can use the poll command in chat. If you're enjoying the show, hit subscribe, 
smash that bell button so you don't miss these shows Monday through Friday I do a morning talk show like this and in the afternoon we do gameplay we'll be jumping back into more days gone on PC today and we got some exciting things with Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West coming in the next couple of days so be sure you're here for that as well and I'm reading through some of the responses to the poll here Mithrax said I'm not really invested in Overwatch so I can't say for certain that this is good for the game but for me Overwatch always felt like too much was going on at the same time so this will smooth things out for me at least it might uh, it could also slow things down and add more sweat um if you if you slow a game down okay hey somebody ordered some coffee like six minutes ago thank you pre-dawn joker thank you pre-dawn joker for ordering some coffee we greatly appreciate it um this coffee is very good for the christmas blend it's very good um the frickmas blend i should say it could slow things down like psychologically players will respond to a sense of weakness okay and they will they will they will potentially they will potentially uh they will potentially then respond to it in a way that slows the game down and makes it more sweaty and more cautious not faster and more intense and higher scores there's no way to know how this is going to shake out. Warning, don't mow and watch Lono at the same time. The mow lines won't be straight. <laughs> hey, don't blame that on me. Don't blame that on me. The Joker is always craziest before the dawn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that is exactly right. That's exactly right. Arch Enigma responded to the poll. says, It's going to be bad. I feel that Overwatch found their secret sauce with 6v6 high action. Coming from other games that scale down team size in PvP, it slows down combat for the detriment of the game. Uh, A solid point. A solid point. I was just making that point. Grimbo says, It seems like a good thing. Less chaos, more strategy. Uh, Another way of looking at it. You see what I'm saying? Another way of looking at it. There are all, there are multiple ways to look at this. There are multiple ways of looking at this. You know, we we we've got a we we've got a, a two two comments back to back. It's going to slow down combat, right? And then the very next comment is could be a good thing. It's going to be less chaos, more strategy. You know what I mean? Info is shared across apps, Google, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit. If you account uh, them, everything you type everywhere is stored. Oh, there you go. Big Mad Mo says, the Keurig has its own special K-Cup. I got mine at Walmart. There you go. You can get reusables. Uh, I like this name. Polarity with a T. Polarity says, having two shield tanks caused so much visual clutter making the game really hard to enjoy as a viewer. However, if they don't balance the heroes to adjust to 5v5 properly, then it will be a bad thing. Um, a nice take from a viewer perspective. I mean, that's another thing that they're, they, like, again, it's a symbiotic relationship. Viewership for the grand finals was up like 260% in the, in the, uh, in the Asian market. It might have been specifically, um, hang on. 
I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Um, whoops, that's from yesterday. That's the Biomutant review. Let me refresh. There's the backlash. Um, where is it? The grand finals in China saw a 260% increase. So it wasn't it, it wasn't it wasn't just like America versus Asia. It was the American viewership went down, but the viewership for the grand finals in China went up by 260%. Viewership has to be considered here like as a viewer if if what polarity just outlined is an actual feedback piece they got from viewers, it could be something that they're considering. Can I listen to the stream audio only somewhere? If you do YouTube Premium, you can listen to me audio only on the YouTube app. If you're a paying member here, you can do audio only in Discord. I'm right now being listened to by two people in Discord. Discord listenership has gone way down. The Discord audience is uh they're they're a little bit more centered on Destiny. So they have they have they, they have been all over the place. Some days I look in there and there's 10 people and some days I look in there's one. Um, the Discord listenership has gone down quite a bit, which is totally fine. If it's more convenient for you to do YouTube Premium and listen audio only through YouTube, you do whatever is best for you. Um, I would hope that YouTube would start to offer like one free membership to a channel if you uh, do YouTube Premium. Or allow me to offer audio only as a feature if you go high enough in my membership or something I don't know um, because they they take a cut of that so if you could have the background music I'd listen in discord I know I've been I've been supposed to be looking into the software that allows me to do that and I just haven't done it because I've just been too busy because I know it's going to require some testing I'm not just going to like push a button and make it work you can lock your phone on discord yeah, 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 yeah. Joshua says, I'm a tank main, Orissa specifically, so I may have some bias, but at a first look, I feel this is going to make things worse, but I will at least try it before I pass full judgment. Here's the biggest issue with any predictions that people are making right now, right? Any predictions that people are making right now. We have no idea what they're doing to all of the classes and we have no idea what the maps are even going to look like right that is that is definitely I think a huge factor um, that that has to be considered it has to be considered there, the, the map flow and the character power it, there is going to be is going to be a significant portion uh, of this discussion and so uh uh, oh, there's the tweet from Ratchet. Uh, thanks for ordering uh, Rageless Roast. There you go. Thanks for the tweet, homie. Appreciate that, Ratchet. I appreciate that very, very much. Okay. Uh, I don't play the game, but I'm a religious viewer of OWL. 5v5 could be very good for OWL. I think that this could be there again. Th- th- there's a danger here is that if they hit the game too hard, you lose players, you lose teams, which would ultimately then sour your viewership. If your favorite team or your favorite player or whatever takes a hit from this, that's going to potentially play a role in viewership. You know what I'm saying? Now, we just hit 200 votes on the poll, and 57% are saying good, and 43% are saying bad. This is a good thing versus a bad thing. 
Now, again, keep in mind, this is basically a split down the middle for the most part. With a slight lean, with a slight lean, it's almost a 60-40 on it being a good or a bad thing. Now, this is a small sampling. There's only 200 people. So if you're passionate about this and you want to you want to sway the vote, make sure and use that poll command and get over there and vote. Leave a comment. I'm reading through some of the comments right now on the poll. Uh, Jiffy says, I pay for premium audio only and it still counts for creators' ads and even more from what I'm heard. I can watch, listen, uh, way too much to, to YouTube to deal with ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. We, we get, you count as a, as an impression, uh, Jiffy. Yes, yes, yes. Why can't they do casual 6v6 league play 5v5? Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't do that, Chuck, because everything about Overwatch is about balance with respect to map design and character character strength and weakness and that's not going to work you couldn't have all of your balancing decisions about the characters in the maps designed around 5v5 and then be like yeah but in casuals throw in a 6 and just see what happens it would likely lead to a really unenjoyable experience it, it, it wouldn't work you have this experience in another game Right? They build maps for 3v3 and they drop sixes on there. So you go from a map built for six people and suddenly 12 people are on it. Now in Overwatch, it might not seem like it, but suddenly adding one extra player? Imagine doing that right now in Overwatch. Everything is built for 6v6. Everything. Overwatch 1, 6v6. And suddenly imagine dropping an extra player on every team. It'd be obscene. It'd be so crazy. Like, what the frick's going on? They're going to have the whole game tuned to 5v5. It, it, so it, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't flow very well at all, I don't think. And, and what Barry is saying, you're going to divide the player base up. You're going to have people that are like, I like sixes, I like fives. Like I, and then, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 maybe that would be the trick to get all the sweaties out of the casual player pool. <laughs> All the sweaties would be like, yeah, why bother with 6v6? We can't learn anything in that environment, you know? And then the pro players are going to ask if the game can handle 6v6, why not do 5v5? That's exactly right. More than likely, it wouldn't be able to handle 6v6. It would be like a concession that they would make for the casual player pool or the playlist, and it would be terrible. It would be terrible. Super close to 400 likes, guys. If you haven't smashed the like button this morning, do that. We only need about 30 more for 400 likes glizzy gladiator commenting on the poll says i voted bad it's apparently good for competitive play however there was a trend with overwatch one in which the more competitive oriented the game became the more it turned the casual players away uh i think this trend exists in basically every pvp game I, we talked about this this morning i think Every single game trends in this in this direction. The more people sweat, the more people show up and take it super, super serious, the more you're going to have that sense of, I don't want to play this. This is annoying, right? Uh, the guy that does all the videos, he does all the videos memeing on the purple platform, Lance, double L Lance. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee like 10 minutes ago. Thank you, Javier. I appreciate that. Javier. Uh, thank you so much for ordering some coffee. Appreciate you guys. A couple bags already today. Um, you also get one free membership for a channel. That is incorrect. You do not get one free membership to a channel with YouTube Premium. That is incorrect. 
They tested that over the summer in America, and they tested it later in the year in the UK. That that is no longer an option. That is not true. That's old information, Smashville. I think that that's how it should work, but they just ran that as a test last year. It's no longer uh, an option when you do premium. Um, there may be some regions of the world where it still works, where you sign up for YouTube Premium and then you come here and have one free membership to bless me with. Presently, that is not a thing um, that I know about. I don't. I don't think so. Um, yours never fell off. Really? You keep getting to cash in on it? Huh. I wonder how long they're going to let you do that. I think it should be like that all the time, but that's not true. Yeah, that's not true for everybody. You must have cashed in when they were running the experiment. They ran it in like June or July of last year or something. Um, it's a shame we didn't know about it. We would probably gotten a lot of uh, a lot of easy ones. They're billing you for it then? I mean, maybe not. I mean, you might want to check. You might want to check Smashville. They might be. It might be billing you. I use it on 30's channel. I would check and see if you're getting billed for that. I I don't know. I th- that was a that was a limited time thing. So you you yeah, you may be getting hit with a uh, a five a five spot every every single month. Um, so let's see here. What do we got on this poll? If you're new, we're breaking down the Overwatch backlash on the gameplay switch to 5v5. If you want to vote in our poll, you can. Reading through some of the replies here. Uh, the name underscore. Uh, that's such a great username. Less spots for support. Everyone will choose tank or DPS. One person will be left in the healing spot. Uh, they've already said it will be Two, two, one, with only one tank, uh, with only one tank. So yeah, that's not going to be a thing. I think the experiment was flawed. If they had communicated to creators to push premium for the free sub to use them, it would have been more of a success. It's possible that we should have known about it and didn't. I don't know. That was around the time we just started. Um, we just started streaming over here, so. Maybe they, I don't know, maybe they wanted to see if it would be an incentive for people when they see it or something. I would have pushed the heck out of it. It'll probably end now, like I said something. Yeah, you shouldn't have let them know. You shouldn't let them know. The jig's up. T-Bone says, I would say it's a negative. Uh, With five players, it means there's less options for your team to strategize, but also esports teams will have to let people go. Potentially. You won't see as many crazy team builds like the Dive or the Goats team comps when they are being created. So while it will allow devs to balance the game better, maybe, it will cost the player options and what they can do, which is boring to play and watch. I hear you. I mean, that is a that is a part of the discussion. There is certainly a sort of there's a, there's a, there's another there's always another side of the coin and it's like this could be good for the game there's no guarantee that it'll be good for the game and 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 teams and players have some hard decisions ahead of them they do they have some hard decisions ahead of them they're going to have to analyze uh what exactly this means um and by by and large by and large i think what most teams are going to be forced to do uh, what most teams are going to be forced to do is they're going to have to cut somebody. Um, entrance fees and, and the cost of these teams, I mean, I, 
I don't know. I, I, it was, I think it was sometime last year there were reports coming out about a lot of these teams and how a lot of these uh, esports organizations are not profitable. Um, and so they're going to have to chop. This will be a purely business decision. Right? Last in, first out. If you're one of the last members that they've added to the team, especially if you're a tank, your contract's in jeopardy. And a lot of these teams give themselves that out so that you, you're not you're not you're not gonna be able to force their hand to honor the contract, you know. There's no way. There's no way. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you get the music included with YouTube Premium, that's right. That's right. So if you know, if I were a um if I were an Overwatch tank player right now, I'd be having a conversation with my team about, you know, what do we do? You know, do you start training to be support? Do you start training to be DPS so you can market yourself to another team? You know, isn't that true about most sports? Like, barely any football, soccer clubs are profitable. Oh, I don't know. It's, yeah, maybe. I don't know. They move an awful lot of money and they pay the play the pay the players an awful lot of money to be not profitable. Um, I don't know. I think oof, those are some good neck cracks. I think the uh, the way that a lot of those teams are formed and run are probably looking at lower profit because viewership's going down for a lot of traditional sports um, and esports is kind of on the rise. So I would say they probably make money and have been profitable for years, but maybe some of the smaller teams, some of the smaller cities, um, I would say they're, I would say they're, most of them are profitable. I mean, they're paying, they're paying the players and the coaches so much money. Um, that's mostly a soccer only issue says immortal. The top clubs essentially subsidize the unpopular ones. Oh, okay. Okay. Sounds like that's a soccer problem. I was going to say, in America, the NBA, the MLB, and the NFL, I mean, I don't. Th- I think all of those teams, no matter the size, are, are, are generating a pretty good chunk of change. Um, now, again, I don't know what they're going to do. Ticket sales taking a hit obviously hurt last year. Viewership has also taken a hit for some of those, some of those sports. So... Um, Revenue sharing makes smaller teams profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Greg Brimstone responding to the poll here says, Less is bad in my opinion. I'd have it 7v7 if it were up for me. I thrive in chaos. LOL. Yeah, I I, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what they're going for. I don't think that's what they're going for. I don't think they're going for the uh, the chaos. They're going for the, the, the control and the balance. Yo, what's good, Ghostwood? How are you? Um, NFL has revenue share also the NFL is always making profit even in with the sicky year they still somehow moved things around and were profitable yeah I mean I, I think sometimes people forget that when viewership goes down or trends down for an industry like that it means less money not no money right like they're still making profit now they might make a little bit less you know than they did the previous year or maybe there were years that were particularly really really high in viewership and success and ticket sales or whatever but just because viewership goes down for 
you know traditional sports in America doesn't mean that that industry isn't still making ridiculous a ridiculous amount of money you know it would be like oh no this month you know McDonald's sales were down a little bit okay they're still making a stupid amount of money you know shrinking shrinking profit a little bit doesn't mean that you're not making profit so uh, I was just going off the number of UK football clubs that have needed to be bailed out over the last decade oh yeah what's good snow I mean when you're making that much money a percentage drop is is a lot of money sure it's like oh my gosh how much did we lose but now I want a mini series about ex-tank players making a new team (laughs) that's right that's right Blizzard stated in their dev stream they wanted 5v5 to help the game feel more energized I fail to see how two less players on the field will do that well Th- I think this is the idea. It it was like the... Now, we don't know if this is true, but on paper, it's analogous to hockey removing the two-line pass rule, okay? So they opened up... They opened up the game. So hockey opens up because of that, right? Hockey was a very slow, low score for the for the for the novice viewer. Hockey was very boring, so they removed the two line pass to open the game up. Right. Also, if you're familiar with hockey, sometimes when someone's in the penalty box, the game opens up and moves really, really fast. If two people are in the penalty box, one from each team, all of a sudden the game opens up and it's faster and it's it's oh my gosh it's so quick there's all this action there's all this energy so there is on paper an argument to be made to to, there is an argument to be made that when you open up the game and let it breathe it creates speed it creates opportunities for breakaways or whatever um you mean full contact ice ballet that's right that's right Um, how Dagon plays on console now? Do they fix the bugs? Oh, I have no idea. As far as I know, they patched it a bunch. So, fair point. I don't watch enough hockey. It, it comes down to more. It comes down to more than just a player number change. It comes down to what do they do to the actual characters? Their passives, their ultimates, like how long certain abilities last, how long can someone hold a position, how, you know, these are these are the things that will influence speed of the game just as much as 5v5. So if you go 5v5 and everybody feels really, really weak, like let's just imagine a sandbox in Overwatch where they make everybody feel super weak. Okay, well more than likely they will respond to that psychologically by slowing the game down and being more cautious why well you don't feel strong you don't feel emboldened to go make a play or to make a push so you're going to be more methodical more strategic it's going to slow the game down conversely if they go down 5v5 
and they give some of these DPS players some bump, and they give them some oomph, then it might open up the game. Maybe they feel that pushes are, are a viable option on some maps. Maybe they feel aggressive play is the sensible choice if properly supported. Because, hey, but dude, come on, dude, it's 5v5. They buffed so-and-so. They just buffed this ability in Overwatch 2. This character is now perfect for, you know, these new strategies and plays that we're coming up with. So I, I, I it, it, we will never, we're not really going to know, is this going to affect, affect play flow in the positive or the negative until a meta emerges? Right now, they can do all the private testing that they want. A meta will emerge. There'll be strategies that emerge that nobody could foresee. Oh man, 5v5. This this dip support combo is, is seemingly unbeatable. With only one tank, this is such an aggressive way of playing. It's really, really hard to defend against. It, 5v5 is a good choice to reduce the power curve of high damage tanks with high health points. As a veteran player, I'm very curious as to how they're going to take a 6v6 balance structure and distill it into 5v5. You have 25 heroes that have to be tweaked, some very heavily. Yeah, they're already outlining changes that they want to make to Bastion. So I, I, I would I would wager to say I would wager to say that the 5v5 is one of many changes. They want it to feel like a new game, like they want it to feel like a sequel, and. I think one of the ways you're going to do that is by changing play flow, changing the sandbox, changing the way the game feels. Um, uh, take to the steampunk skies of Black Skylands as it launches on PC early access June 11th. Uh, what is this? looks kind of bullet hell top down top down shooter action adventure drawing on inspiration from RPGs farming simulators sandboxes and even bullet hell the development team at Hungry Couch Games is eager to receive valuable feedback huh see now that we do gameplay here we can start to apply for keys for stuff like that and then the coverage will actually land here um look at CSGO it has been mostly the same, and they are still coming up with new strats. Ratchets the day before uh, an E3 that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be doing we'll be doing Ratchet, and we'll be doing E3 coverage. If you guys are looking for E3 coverage, we'll be covering it here. Um, I'm one of very few people who have uh, who have covered E3 main stage in 2019, interviewing uh, developers, uh, interviewing developers. And so we will definitely be wanting to cover the game uh, as best as we can. Um, we're going to probably be doing a lot of... Uh, we'll likely be doing a lot of trailer reactions because that's largely, I think, what is the uh, the most interesting um, aspect. That's, that's what most people are interested in around that time. Uh, around the time of E3, I think most people want to see gameplay. They want to see trailers, you know? I tried to play uh, Helldivers last night. I just couldn't, couldn't get into it. What's that? I had not even heard of it. 
I don't PlayStation, but Ratchet looks, yeah, it looks good. It looks really, really good. Fours in the unspeakable title didn't land poorly because it was fours. It landed poorly because the sandbox was trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that and speculation. Yeah, people are, apparently, apparently, there's good news for, I saw this, this should have been a, this should have been a, a, a gaming news reject. Where did I see this? Did I see it just last night? In, in the, yeah, here it is, here it is. Yeah, we can't go to comicbook.com through my capture card, so we, we can't read this one, because they pull the uh, DHCP crap on their website, which is absurd. Um, a new report about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 and E3 has good news for Nintendo Switch and Nintendo Switch Lite users. In short, it sounds like not only will The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 be present at E3 next month, but several, several Zelda games will be. The report comes from industry insider Jeff Grubb, who noted that he's 51% sure that Breath of the Wild 2 will be at E3 uh, for Nintendo's Direct, and if it's not, it will it will resurface within a few weeks after E3. Uh, so it looks like we will be seeing potentially some uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 at E3 this year. So excited to finally maybe get to see some actual gameplay of that game. Um, Kraken responded to our poll here about the Overwatch 2 gameplay change to 5v5 uh, 232 votes if you haven't voted yet Kraken says it's not a bad thing it might make esports a bit slower or more tactical might make it more fun to watch possibly could, uh, could speed things up as well I don't necessarily know if they want to go slower or more strategic I think they want things to speed up. Pouring my Lord and Savior Rageous Rose in the mug now, just cult things. Thank you, Zubair. I'm drinking a um a, a sample flavor for a potential Frickmas roast that we're gonna do. Your love of the No Man's Sky Expeditions. Yeah, we need to make sure and loop back around to No Man's Sky Expeditions and see if we um See if we can get it finished before the new one starts, because it's possible there's going to be there's going to be more going on there at the end. Robert Jones responded to the poll and says, "Can't say it's good or bad, but Overwatch Two is a different game, and the pros have over a year to make adjustments. Uh, they do, but uh, they don't have to like it. They don't have to like it. I mean, this is something that I've learned through therapy. Um, you don't have to like it, but you got to learn to live with it." Right. This is something. That, this is this is the, the the mantra of acceptance. Okay, the mantra of acceptance is you do not have to like this. It's it sucks. It stinks. It's bad. Whatever whatever situation that you're facing, you don't have to like it, but you got to learn to live with it. Like if this is the new reality, if this is where things are going, you know, Mass Effect is. Uh, you know, the Mass Effect's on No Man's Sky Expedition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Normandy. That was a pretty cool Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed that boat. We weren't set up to stream or cover that because it happened around the same time that didn't happen same day that we were jumping into Biomutant. I got like early access to Biomutant. Um, yeah, live life on life's terms. That's the that's the uh, that's an AA. If you if you've ever gone through AA and trying to change your life, you're supposed to live life on life's terms. That's right. Isn't there supposed to be a story mode in Overwatch 2? 
I thought that was announced when the game was first announced, that there would be like an actual like PvE campaign element. I don't know if that was a rumor though. I remember hearing or reading that somewhere. Could be a rumor. They they did that in the first game, but it was basically just you playing through the game modes to learn them. That was like saying Titanfall 1 had a campaign. Titanfall 1 didn't have a campaign. You played through the various online game modes and then you had some weird audio barking at you the entire time. Um, If there's one thing that last year has shown us though, people don't like reality. Reality is often disappointing. (laughs) They are, but they're sort of like strikes. PvE was announced, but not confirmed. Okay. Ghostwood says PvE will be in the game. I mean, again, they did that in Titanfall, but it wasn't real. They did it in Overwatch 1, and it wasn't that significant. I wouldn't bank on it being that that, that, that fleshed out or substantive. Um, Mr. Unlimited responded to the poll. It says, just seems like a bad move. Their reasoning was not good. Other things could have been done that wouldn't disrupt team composition. Uh... They likely are making a lot of changes in conjunction with the 5v5 change uh, in Overwatch 2 gameplay. I, I would expect there to be... I would expect there to be more changes than just this. They're not just going to do the 5v5. Um, Bastion says, I think it's to streamline with other esports titles like Valorant, CSGO, Rainbow Six and League, all are running five players. It seems to be a standard forming in the competitive world. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I never liked Overwatch to begin with. Uh, Not a bad take if 5v5 uh, is becoming standard. Uh, Is that true? Is 5v5 the standard for CSGO, Rainbow Six, and League? Is that accurate? I know Valorant's 5v5, but the other games I am... uh, I am less familiar with. So I, I'm those of you in chat that play those games. I'm I'm actually is has it always been that way? Have those games always been five v five? Pizer says yes, it's accurate. You want that Normandy SR one on your fleet? It's OP. Oh really? Rainbow Six Siege has always been five v five. Yes, five v five is standard for most games now. <coughs> I would love patrol strikes and co-op PvE on Titanfall 2. Two, dude, freaking Titanfall 2 could have been so good with a campaign. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a co-op campaign. It could have been so good. Titanfall 2's campaign was so good, but can you imagine that? You know what I mean? It would have been so fun, co-op. There were so many things they could have done with Titanfall 2 co-op. It would have been awesome. Snazzy says League is 5v5. Okay, okay. Mike Faz says less tanks means less shields to constantly shoot. Yup, I think that's that's what some people are actually worried about. Jiffy Nano says, in my opinion, 5v5 will be better. Less barriers in the way, more agency for the tanks, and more healing for the rest of the team, since there's only one tank that needs healing. The only real issue I see is that one tank has even more responsibility. Right now, if you have a bad tank, your second can try and carry. Uh, with only one tank, if your tank is bad, you're kind of screwed. Um, uh, I could see the one tank being... Uh, an issue in non-turny uh, play. I can see it being an issue in non-turny play, like you're saying. 
if you if you it if you only have one tank and your tank is bad, that's a terrible place to be. You know, that is it. That's a terrible place to be. You 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 run the risk of 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 basically completely hamstringing a, a team <clears throat> of completely hamstringing a team if they can't you know if they if they can't get it going you know could open up the game it could create teams that everything li- that's the linchpin is taking down the one tank you know uh, they made it sound like it was repeatable missions with random enemies I think everyone was hoping for a proper campaign. I can't see them doing a proper campaign for Overwatch, though. There's so many characters. Like, what exactly would you be doing? Like, shooting trash ads and mini bosses? I, I don't. I don't know. Most of your, most of your weapons and your abilities are centered around, you know, player versus player combat. Like other, other Overwatch characters versus you, as opposed to like trash ads, majors, mini bosses, bosses, and things like that. Doesn't this change inherently mean less reliance on tanks? It could mean less reliance on tanks, Eugene. Or it could be, once a tank's out of the way, dude, it's a free-for-all. You know what I'm saying? Like, you get that tank out of the way, it's more of a it's more of a shootout. It's more of a, a dip support, you know, Wild Wild West situation. The biggest question is what role these off-tanks will turn to now, in my opinion, and will have to be what actually changes the game. Right, right. Overwatch 2 is going all in on PvE. The game's main campaign, made up of cooperative story missions, will see new and old Overwatch heroes teaming up against the Null Sector. The robotic army players fought in the Uprising event from the original game. According to Blizzard, players will team up as different sets of heroes and fight to defend the world from the omnic forces of Null Sector, uncover the motives behind the robotic army's attacks, and come face-to-face face-to-face with rising new threats around the globe. Oh, well then there you go. It does sound like they're actually shooting to have like an actual campaign in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they said you'd only have to buy Overwatch 2 if you wanted the PvE portion Otherwise, you could just keep Overwatch 1. I feel like I remember reading that too. Like, you don't have to buy the full game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Intercept says, I don't know, man. I like even numbers. Uh, then let's make it 8v8. Let's just make it 8v8. 8s look cooler than 6s, you know? <laughs> Eric says, I definitely feel for the players that are going uh, to be cut. Uh, same overwatch 2 could be huge and they're looking at getting sidelined you know hex says i haven't played overwatch in ages but i have a thing against odd numbers so making this 5v5 just leaves a weird taste in my mouth um seems that most competitive games are 5v5 though you know overwatch 2 uh 5v5 maybe the play if other games are doing 5v5 i mean it doesn't mean it doesn't mean everybody has to yeah let's just go 10 10 v 10 10 v 10 sounds like the right call let's call it land war you know overwatch land war we only have 251 votes on this poll poll slowed down a little bit i'm reading through responses right now if you haven't taken it yet you can use the poll command go cast your vote Overwatch 2 gameplay change to 5v5. Is this a good or a bad thing and why? We want to hear from you. Uh, Thank you guys for 400
100 likes on the video. We greatly appreciate you pushing that number up every day. <clears throat> yeah, just make it Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 64 by 64. 69 by 60. Wait, guys, I got it. I, I got it. Hang on. 100 people. I don't think this has ever been done before. I don't think this has ever been done before. Why don't you just make a giant map and drop a hundred people on the map randomly from, I don't know, let's say a plane, a plane, hundred people, you drop them on the map from a plane and they're just picking up weapons that they find and it would be kind of like a, um, what's the word? It would be like a battle, but more like a battle royale. I don't think anybody's done this before. I... I, I think that's what Overwatch should do. <laughs> I think that's what they should do. It sounds... I don't know. It sounds super original. We keep adding to the count, you know, 10v10, 40 versus 40. I, I, I just... I don't know. I, I, I think a plane flies over and just drops people. You know? Kind of like Hunger Games. Yeah, a little bit like that. I, I I think we're on to something. I, I think this is an original idea. Over Royale 2. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Over Royale 2. <laughs> In an unprecedented play style event. <laughs> 100 people enter the map. Oh, frick. This is just like H1Z1, PUBG, Fortnite, Apex Legends, and <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone. Frick. This is totally not original. Overwatch 2 needs to be more like an old Japanese movie. Battle Royal. <laughs> Battle Royal. <laughs> Over Royale with cheese. That's right. That's right. What if instead of killing people, you just keep bringing people in? <laughs> now that would be a fun game, right? doing like we all hate escort missions in video games or you like you have to escort the person what if there was a battle royale where that was your job you had to get from like the northern part of the map to the southern part of the map with as many survivors as possible and i mean it's just people are just coming in and just shooting at you you got everybody in like a, a tour bus or something you know what i'm saying it would <laughs> You could call it like, like, uh, uh, World Tour Apocalypse, WTA, play WTA today, World Tour Apocalypse, where you are put in charge of world famous rock band, you know, whoever, get somebody to guest star, (laughs) and then every season centers around a new band, and you have to get the band all the way across the map. And everybody else is just shooting the frick out of the tour bus. And if you get them to the end, they put on a show, you know? <clears throat> I would like to trademark and copyright World Tour Apocalypse. I, I think, I don't know. I, I think I've got a million dollar idea there. We would just, we would launch the game uh, with Foo Fighters. And then every season, you'd be, you'd be getting a new, a new band, uh, to, to, to get them across the country or the map or whatever. Um, man, I really, really dislike how inconsistent this playlist volume is. Hang on. I'm going to switch to Harris Heller's Synthwave. Um, Monster Beats has been great, uh, but 
dadgummit it's like all of a sudden we have no music um wait wait battle royale crafting system but you have to find a way to kill your own character people rush for supplies make towers to hop off of that would be awful you know what I mean world tour firefight no world tour apocalypse you just want to call it world tour firefight so that the abbreviation could be WTF WTA sounds dope in a new unprecedented blockbuster hit WTA world tour apocalypse are you a roadie or are you a renegade you'd have the roadies and the renegades right the roadies are the people put in charge of getting the tour bus across the map and the renegades are the ones attacking the ship and you'd have like different abilities to like like slow the tour bus down like uh, damage the thing you'd have people trying to like fix it I'm telling you it'd be amazing choose a side that's a million dollar idea ship that dude ship that just give me a royalty check (laughs) you'll pay for the whole seat but you'll only use the edge that's right that's right (laughs) oh man I'm telling you man I'm telling you you bridge that gap between the you know and then any time Anytime the the artists are trying to push a new album, you know, you that's who you want in the game and that's who you want in the season, you know, and while you're pushing the van along or the tour bus along. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, come on. There it is. <laughs> I love this username, by the way. The Glass Cannon took our poll here. Uh, more tame and even fights, more duels for the faster heroes, and less healing to worry about for the healers. Also, it's less chaotic and easier to manage your teammates. So the damage heroes know when to push, go for a play, or reinforce tanks. Um, uh, that could be the result. Uh, it could be the result. I mean, you, the, the way the way they're talking about this, that might be their internal testing, is that this, this allows the game to to move in this direction you know what I mean make it so people from the states you travel to and some of those around the state are the ones that jump in and try and kill the band as you go yeah 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 (laughs) you bring every game into one game right so you'd have like the battle royale feel you'd have like the escort feel kind of like from overwatch and then you'd have like the among us imposter feel so like you'd stop at a, a bus stop and somebody tries to get on the bus and they have to convince the roadies to like let them on. They're like, "No, look here. I, I have my I have my VIP pass." And they're like, "All right, all right, all right. Are you are you is this real? Are you are you an imposter or are you genuine VIP? Should we let you on the bus? We can't tell." And you have to decide whether or not they're they're a roadie or a renegade, right? You got to you got to figure out whether or not to let them on the tour bus. And then they get on, they're like, "Ha, sucker, it's a trick you." And they start like, you know, shooting the band members in the bus. <laughs> Uh, if you try to appeal to everybody, you end up appealing to nobody. So we, we clearly are, are getting enough, uh, enough video games in one. We, we will surely be massively successful with World Tour Apocalypse. Uh, season 3, new game mode. Find Jack Black. Jack suffering from flashbacks of Tropic Thunder has gone missing. Find him before 
he finds his jelly beans. That's right. Battle Royale, Among Us, Overwatch, and I don't know what that last one is. If Overwatch doesn't have mystery heroes, I'm out. I'm sure they've got heroes they're going to they're going to show and announce that they haven't shown. I would imagine that's going to be a thing, right? You're talking about GTA? No, 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 no. This is a brand new game never seen before, never played before. WTA. World Tour Apocalypse. Come on, man. Come on. You got to choose a side. Um uh-uh. Oh, Mystery Heroes? You love that game mode? Oh, is that a game mode? Oh, I didn't play. I didn't play that game mode ever. I thought you were like talking about like saving and having like a mystery hero to announce or whatever uh at this point aren't we just making the game from ready player one i don't think so i watched that movie it was pretty good i don't remember it that much though um going forward they will likely make less new tank heroes that's possible that's possible or, or they really, they really like to crank out a new tank player because there's only one, and it could completely change the meta and shake things up. You know, could shake things up quite a bit. Um, if you found this video today from suggested or from clicking the search, we appreciate you finding us here. We do a daily talk show about gaming topics. Yesterday, I did my sort of first impressions review of Biomutant. Today, we're breaking down the Overwatch 2 gameplay change to 5v5 down from 6v6 and what that means for the pro scene, what that means for teams. We appreciate you being here so, so much. Uh, remember to hit the like button if you're enjoying the video and consider hitting subscribe and the bell button. We want to earn your sub here and we feel we put on a pretty consistent and good show that deserves that. It's a safe for work broadcast. It's basically like live gaming radio you can interact with. Hilly took the poll here. We're asking the audience what they think about the change. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Hilly says, I hope this change works uh, and went for good in the poll. I feel they needed to change significant aspects of the game. Otherwise, it would have been pointless having a second game. Um, uh, it is rare for a game like this uh, to have a sequel. It is, if you think about it. Is there... Do you see what I'm saying? Like, long-standing competitive games, do they do sequels or do they just keep doing... They just keep dialing it in, right? Like, doing a sequel for a game like this can be... Um, in some respects, it, it, it feels maybe a little unprecedented. You know? It, rather than just keep dialing it in, just keep leaving it where it is. You know? Like, a lot of games don't do that. They do updates. They do new characters. They do massive overhauls or new maps or whatever. But a lot of these games, they don't do that. I mean, they're, they're, where is there a sequel to PUBG? There probably will never be a sequel to Fortnite. Uh, they'll just do their live events and their seasons and I mean that's their quasi versions of you know sequels and new additions to the game CSGO Rainbow Six Siege you know, League of Legends they'll probably just keep doing those versions I mean um, and especially you know popularity is a factor Among Us exploded in popularity because streamers and YouTubers started playing it And they literally shelved and put their sequel on hold indefinitely to basically refocus their efforts on the first game, Uh, which, you know, was was probably a really good call 
given the uh, given the, the sudden surge of of interest in the game. Um. So, uh, MGM to home to James Bond and Rocky finally found a buyer willing to pay retail. Amazon, the latest deal in the entertainment world. So Amazon's buying MGM for eight point four five billion dollars. Cheemany Christmas. Um. Okay. That is that is huge. Yeah, looks like it's official. Yeah, they found a buyer. That how long ago did they announce they wanted to sell? It was like three months ago, maybe, maybe four. I don't remember when that was. It was. I feel like that was recent. There are not a lot of companies with the cheddar to do that. I mean, Amazon and then what? Maybe Disney. You know, not a lot of companies that would have been wanting to do that. You know, at, at that price point. Um, that could buy a lot of tacos. You could cover the world in tacos for eight and a half billion dollars. Gee, many Christmas. That is so much money. Um, that mean? I mean, I mean, it, it, those those franchises are long standing that are attached to MGM too. So suddenly having those videos maybe on Amazon Prime that'd be good. That'd be good, you know. That'd buy a lot of rageless roast. Listen, if they want to slice off a crispy, crispy one million, you know, out of that eight point four five billion, you know, just slice off one mil, and uh, you know, slide it over here, you know. <laughs> I could actually sue the people that deserve it. <laughs> Give me that crisp million, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> Uh, Smashville says I played Overwatch a few times when it was free weekend so I don't have a lot to say but I think the maps are too small for 6v6 isn't there supposed to be a story mode Uh, maps will likely change a lot uh, for 5v5 and yes Overwatch 2 PvE story is a thing that is a thing yes uh they're paying for the intellectual properties. Yeah, yeah. Last I read, Bond is not included in that deal. The thing that hit the headline, it seemed that it is part of the deal. It seemed that it is. Cause they've got they they're they've got him listed or whatever. Um I don't know. Not seeing it. It's out of my it's out of my feed now. I had it in my news feed, now it's gone. Oh now Prime Video is trending, so maybe that's a part of it. Um Oh no, it's an advertisement for something else. Amazon buys MGM setting Prime Video up for James Bond Rocky Infusion. Yeah, I mean they're putting James Bond uh in in the headlines and in the in the pictures. Um yeah, I'm not. I'm not seeing them saying that it's excluded. Maybe that's part of that's. Maybe that's why they finally struck the deal. Bond is included. It was front and center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, I'm supposed to share my '80s tees merch. Oh, did you buy some uh, snow? Yeah, we want to see the shirts. Preferably, preferably, you know, if put them on hex and let him model it. 
you know don't just like throw it on the ground if you would like to model up that's fine but we all we all really want to see hex you know so <laughs> mgm without bond is like a taco without the shell it's just a mess <laughs> all right zubair you're taking the taco thing too far all right you, that that you've taken it too far hey you're that's you're forcing it now uh <laughs> michael Filanowski responded to our poll here and said they should have kept it six with removing one tank and adding one DPS hero. Now it's going to feel too slow and have even longer matchmaking times. Um, depends on hero balancing and the sandbox in Overwatch 2 gameplay. I, it depends. Those are more important. There you go. There you go. Oh, that shirt's pretty dope, Snow. I like that. I didn't know they had that one. Oh, Hex shared his a few days ago. Okay, alright. Well, we'll settle for a picture of Snow instead of Hex. We'll just have to... That's fine. <laughs> I didn't know they had that one over there. I know they have a lot of Mandalorian stuff. Uh, I, they sent me one. I have one of the Mandalorian shirts. I have the... Uh, it's not a race, it's a Creed shirt. So... I was reading uh, Broccoli trying to block it because they don't want the new Bond releases on streaming sites. So apparently something changed. Huh. Why would they not want it on streaming? I don't know. I feel like so many companies, so many of these bigger and and longer standing companies, they're so anti-streaming. Music industries like anti-streaming... Uh, you know, some of these movie companies are anti. Why? Um, I don't. I don't understand. Why would you not? Why would you not embrace where things are heading? I mean, what? I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> Seems like such a weird, such a weird strategy to not lean into the to the new breezes of 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 of, of entertainment consumption. They don't want a brand new movie to be initially released on a site instead of theaters. Huh. I mean... That's all That's all soon to start to change. I mean, that that's a slow rudder turn, but I mean, people are going to start, you know, going... They already are. I mean, some people never stopped, but, you know, they already are going back out and, and movie theaters will start to get some movement again. I don't know if movie theater... The movie theater industry will ever be the same ever again. I don't know if they'll ever be the same again. Everybody got so many people for the last 12 months got a taste of what I've always said. I'd rather watch a freaking movie at home unless it is like Marvel, Star Wars or you know something that you got to see in the theaters, you know Lord of the Rings or something. For most movies I'm like, "Now nah, watch that at home." It's just easier. I don't have to get a babysitter. I don't have to worry about this, worry about that. I don't have to worry about somebody kicking my seat, being loud, being rude. I don't know. Every time I go to the theater, I have a bad experience. I'm just like, I don't, you know. Now more and more people are like, man, this is so much more convenient, you know. How many people own a really nice television in their house and a nice comfy couch they can pause it if they need to use the restroom, get a snack, get a fresh drink. You know what I mean? I don't know. I watched all the Bond streaming a couple weeks ago. I don't think they're against the Bond movie streaming. I think they're against a Bond movie streaming 
at launch. They don't want to do that, you know? Um, so. <clears throat> yeah, never stop down here in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The movie theater was packed here in Texas. I know. Texas and Florida. Cousins. You all should get married. Um. <laughs> Cousins in stupidity. <laughs> no offense, Texas and Florida. None take him, brother. It's true. <laughs> You're right about that. You're right about that there. That is, that is accurate. <laughs> Oh, brother. I'm sorry. Oh, cousin. Um. (laughs) Let's see here. Uh, Fuzzy says, right now I want to trust the devs. This could be a good thing. It might solve some issues with the meta. Other games have gone from six to less, and it doesn't work out. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. Uh... It has to be combined with other big changes. You can't just do, you know what I mean? You can't, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do a, uh, oh, just drop it. It's got to be combined with other big changes, you know? It's got to be. It's just protectionism. It happens to all emerging industries from established ones not wanting to make room or risk losing monopolies. That's right. That's right. No stupidity here in Texas. Just good old fashioned freedom. That's right. There, you're, there's more free. Your, your, <laughs> your freedom is more freedom than my freedom. That's right. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Even our freedom's bigger. Ah, <laughs> uh, so are your waistlines. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Don't worry. If I run away, you won't be able to catch me. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough insulting of of Texans, okay? Chat, you shouldn't have gone there. All right? You shouldn't have. That's not that's not kind even if it's, you know, sociologically and geographically accurate, it's just not kind. All right? It isn't. <laughs> All the Texas viewers are like, frick this guy. I'm out. I'm out. The barbecue's good, though? I don't know if I'd go to Texas for barbecue. I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I, I think there's other... I think there's other... Probably go to Tennessee. You know? Probably go to Tennessee, maybe. Mm-mm. Aren't you from, like, Arkansas or some other small place? I'm originally from Northern Ohio, uh, and I now live in Kentucky. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh-uh. I 100% respect all Texans, and that's not because they're heavily armed at all. <laughs> Texas is the best barbecue. I'll have to come down there and try it myself. You know? I've never had Texas barbecue I've had I've had uh, barbecue from Tennessee, so you'll have to you'll have to introduce me, you know. <laughs> you have to introduce me. It'll be like a shotgun wedding, except it'll be to eat barbecue, you know. 
You, Kentucky? Hey, what are you talking about? Where do you think all your bourbon comes from, sucker? I'll call him. I'll call Kentucky the president of Kentucky, and I'll be like, don't send any more bourbon to to Chuck Norris, MD. (laughs) Uh, What does this say? Where was barbecue invented? The original barbecue are thought to be... The original styles are thought to be those that originated in the easternmost colonies, like the vinegar-based whole hog barbecue found in Virginia and North Carolina. Oh. I didn't know that. There you go. (laughs) To Eugene, they only account for 10% of the new cases and 10% of the deaths right now, but yay, freedom. That's right. (laughs) You know what they say, Eugene? Freedom ain't free. (laughs) We, We have got to climb out of this. You are going to get me in so much trouble, Eugene. That is that is not that is not appropriate. That is not funny. And the last time I said something inappropriate, people waited two years to ruin my career. Kapoom KO! So we're gonna have to move on. We're gonna have <laughs> We're gonna have to move on from that. <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> we need a license. Yeah. <laughs> we have to have, we have to ask permission for freedom over here. <laughs> Turn the ship. That's right. That's right. Oh, oh my gosh. That's funny. George with a $5 tip. Morning, my friend. Living in Texas. Got to confirm barbecue is awesome. Yeehaw. That's right. Yeehaw. <laughs> Listen, I, I actually am not a huge barbecue guy. I'm not a huge barbecue guy because I grew up in northern Ohio. Northern Ohio was, was very cliche, like... Midwestern American food. Hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, that was it. I mean, that was it, right? We didn't, we didn't, I didn't grow, I didn't grow up on barbecue. My mom would do like barbecue chicken, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like anything you're going to get down, down in like Tennessee if you go to like a Sunny's or something. And so the barbecue we have here in, in, in Kentucky, we have a local place called Mama's that is incredible it's locally owned it is phenomenal barbecue like i'm pretty sure they win awards and stuff they got like recognized locally for something uh and it's really really good and i've had sunny's and sunny's is really good mission barbecue is pretty good but i'm not i'm not going to be able to tell you skyline chili what the frick no why would you eat why would you go pay somebody for diarrhea um (laughs) skyline chili is not a northern ohio thing though i mean i'm joking but it's a Southern Ohio thing. There's no skyline chili up where I'm from. Um, uh, Glona grew up with chili on spaghetti. No, no, that's a Southern Ohio thing. That's not a Northern Ohio thing. You can't find skyline chili up in the Northern parts of Ohio. It's not up there. My, my mom made really good chili and she would put on rice and then we would have like crackers with it. The whole like skyline on putting on spaghetti with cheese and stuff and all that. No. Skyline is disgusting. Ugh. It's awful. It's terrible. So I I could not sit here and give you like the rundown of what makes good barbecue, what what's bad, blah blah blah. I like barbecue. So I'd probably go to Texas and be like, 
that's delicious thank you very much but I wouldn't be able to tell you where the best barbecue is you know that's just that food tribalism with the, that, that, that we have with pizza and other things very true I saw Skyline Chili around the Columbus area yeah as soon as you pass like the middle of Ohio Skyline just like disappears you know you just don't see it up there it's it's not it's not nearly as common because I remember I had I had friend I had a friend here in Louisville who grew up in like the Cincinnati area and he was like you're from Ohio and you don't like Skyline I was like what the frick is that no I was like I'm I've, I've did, I never even saw it until I moved down here so <clears throat> chili on rice. I don't know why she did it. It's it was good. I thought it was excellent. I I don't know why it gave it like a uh, um, it gave it like a stew consistency. It like thickened it up. It was good. It was good. Don't knock it till you try it. It's one of those things where it sounds weird, but why not try it? You know, it turned it into more of like a chili jambalaya almost uh, with consistency. So chili on rice is what I grew up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew up near Geauga Lake grew up going to Geauga Lake yes and Cedar Point grew up going to Geauga Lake and Cedar Point so when I went to Disney with my wife I didn't understand I didn't understand it it made no sense to me I was like why the frick would adults come here this is weird this is so freaking weird I'm sorry I'm sorry I know there are people that in their 30s and 40s are still wearing t-shirts with Mickey Mouse on them and I'm always like what the frick like and I know I'm sitting here with a video game t-shirt on so no judgment no judgment but I don't get it. I don't. I grew up going to Cedar Point and Geauga Lake and Six Flags down here in, in, in Louisville before they cut a girl's foot off and they had to shut down. But Disney World, I was like, what the frick is this overpriced extended childhood nonsense? What the frick is this? Why would anybody come here without children? Why? I would take my children there and they would love it and it would be a magical time for them. But a group of adults going to Disney World? I don't understand it. I'm like, what are we doing here? What? It, where are the rides? I don't understand. And the rides are basically you sitting in, a, in an office chair going around on like a rickety old, you know, nothing happening ride. Like, why did I spend all this money? These rides barely work. What is happening? I don't get it. If you grew up doing that, it makes sense to you. If you didn't grow up doing that, it, I, I'm telling you, take somebody to Disney World who did not grow up going to Disney World, and they'll be like, I don't understand why on earth you would come here. It's so expensive. Like, like Disney World's worse than the Ohio State Fair compared to Cedar Point or Kings Island. Yeah, we went to Kings Island too growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riding the Vortex and the Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to go to Star Wars, but that's it. I would love to do the Star Wars thing, sure, but that's because I'm a Star Wars fan. We grew up watching Disney movies, but we went to, like, amusement parks that had roller coasters. It just, I don't know. I just, I, I could not believe how much money we spent and how bored I was. I was like, I don't get this. This is so weird. We went to Busch Gardens, and I was like, now this is dope. I get to go look at Cheetah right in his face and then go around a roller coaster. Bush Gardens was a good time. Disney World, I was confused. I didn't understand. I did not understand. 
Ever since King's Island got sold, it ain't the same anymore. I miss all the movie themes that they had. Oh, I when we went, they didn't have movie themes. This was years ago. They had Beast, they had Son of Beast, they had the Vortex. Those were uh, those were what we played. I hated theme parks as a kid too. Well, if you can't ride roller coasters or you don't like roller coasters, some people, my mom used to be able to ride them and now she's got vertigo. She can't ride a roller coaster. She'll feel, she'll, she'll be, she'll feel dead the rest of the day or wish she was dead for the rest of the day. So sometimes you just can't ride them, you know, Six Flags Great Adventures in New Jersey is the best amusement park in the country. Okay. Settle down. (laughs) Settle down. First of all, it's in New Jersey. So there's, that's that's literally objectively impossible second if you want to go to the best amusement park in the country you would go to cedar point this is this is object this is provable with facts you can prove that with fact like you, you, come on number of coasters size of coasters cedar point's gonna win every time what are you doing what are you, what are you going to new jersey for anyway what are you <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> it's in New Jersey. <laughs> it's literally the best thing about New Jersey. Well, that that's saying something. I never need to go. <laughs> that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. That's the best thing there? No. <laughs> YouTube streamer destroys chat with facts and logic. Cedar Point is objectively the best park in the world. <laughs> hey, I'm from Jersey. Watch out there, guy. <laughs> I know you're from Jersey if you end a sentence with a guy. Hey, uh, you watch it there, guy. Guy, you add an E to the end of it, too. You watch it there, guy. <laughs> and you mean it. You mean it. You genuinely, like, you watch your tone. You watch your tone, guy. <laughs> uh, my back's too old for coasters. Oh, yeah. It all, I mean, you get up there in age, and they're not fun anymore. They, like, turn on their side, and you're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But the experience is hands down to the Disney parks. I mean, we have Frontier City. It's a legit little coaster park, but it ain't Cedar. I'm telling you, if you like riding roller coasters, you cannot go anywhere else and claim it's the best if you haven't gone to Cedar Point. You see, there are people you will go to Cedar Point and okay, you go to Disney World and one of the cool things about Disney World is it is a melting pot of the world, okay people from all over the world come to Disney World, they do there are Germans, there are Indians there are, there are uh, Chinese Japanese, everybody everybody comes, it's a melting pot of the world you hear 18 different languages. It's beautiful. That's such a cool thing about Disney World. You will have the same experience at Cedar Point. People come from all over the world to go to Cedar Point because of the roller coasters. There, I mean, if you're a thrill seeker, if you're a ride fan, if you like riding rides, Cedar Point, you're going to go there. You go there, and it's a, you. You will. You will think. You will think that you're in like an airport in either Miami or Disney World because you're going to hear so many different languages when you go to Cedar Point. Are you forgetting about Dollywood, Gatlinburg, Tennessee? Homie, what are you? What? No. Why? What? No. (laughs) No. That is not it. That is not it, dude. 
Jersey's always getting hated on. We're used to it. That's part of, listen, that like, that's part of being an American. If you don't live in Jersey, you, you, you're supposed to dislike Jersey. Like it's on the back of our driver's license. Like we just, that's part of the deal. You know, we're not supposed to tell you this, by the way, it's supposed to be a secret, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know that every other state, when we, when we get our driver's license on the back, when you sign it, it, it literally says that you, you have to dislike and, and, and take digs and hate on Jersey. Like it's just, it's part of the deal, you know, don't, don't, don't look that up. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to red pill you about all of the Jersey hate, <laughs> you know, I don't, you, you, you take the blue pill. You, 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 you can, you can stay asleep about it. Cedar points around Sandusky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Growing up, Giaga Lake was across the water. The lake, right? Was across the water from SeaWorld. And obviously SeaWorld's got its own nonsense it has to deal with because <laughs> who knew that putting two-ton animals in, in jacuzzis is bad for them. Um, so they had they obviously have had their whole PR nightmare. And then Six Flags bought all the property. I don't even know if it's all still there. Growing up, you could literally be at Geauga Lake and look out across the lake and you could see the Shamu stuff going on. You could you could look out and see it happening. And uh, they shut that all they shut that all down. I don't even know what SeaWorld's doing now. They're probably just converting everything. I mean, uh, they're 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 I don't know what their what their stock value looks like, what their future looks like. It can't be good. Um, but yeah, Six Flags eventually went up there and bought everything, and um, and you you could literally buy a pass to go to like both places. They've been gone for over a decade. There's drone footage of the abandoned parks, and it's sad. Well, no, but but it was bought by Six Flags. So if that's all abandoned up there, it's it was it was last owned by Six Flags. Two ton animals in jacuzzis is the perfect definition of SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The water park stayed until like three or four years ago, and that closed too. Ah, oh, man. Whales and jacuzzis, purple platform sweating intensifies. <laughs> that would be. That needs to be in a that that has to be an amazing mockumentary mashup. People need to take footage from that documentary about all of the animals at SeaWorld and the mistreatment, and that needs splice that up with uh, all the wonderful purple platform highlights that we've been blessed with recently (laughs) somebody's gotta do it not me not me my career cannot afford another controversy but somebody somebody brave enough needs to do that (laughs) that's just that's ripe with comedy cancel cancelable comedy you know that's the best kind now SeaWorld's still going in Aussie land well, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, Ratchet. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the whole world's like, this is unethical. It's wrong. The science points to it. The research points to it. And the Aussies are like, ah, I just bring it here. <laughs> 
Just bring it here. It's fine. We don't care. We don't care. We'll throw a kangaroo in there and let him fight. We'll see what happens. <laughs> if that if that happens because they get the idea from here, I don't blame me. Don't blame me, dude. <laughs> uh. Australia was the sea world of the British Empire. <laughs> that was good. It's pretty good, Zubair. Uh, man. <laughs> they have a different view on animal rights. <clears throat> Where half their animals are actively trying to kill them. Yeah, I know. They're like, look, what's the deal? We're surviving right now, okay? We're not at the top of the food chain out here. You know? So we'll we'll take we'll we'll <laughs> On a side note, the amount of meme streams in the new directory is magnificent. I love a I love a platform that is completely lost on how to handle a situation. <laughs> Do you remember? You remember? Do you remember when they made it to where you couldn't they they, they made uh what you can't say simp or whatever? It's like you know people are just going to find creative ways to say simp now, right? You can't say hot tub in our streams. You know people are just going to try to say it more now, right? It's like, you don't... You you, you do not understand that platform. It's amazing. It's amazing that after all these years, you, you all are just still absolutely clueless at the helm. Just clueless at the helm. <laughs> uh... Apex has an update. We're disabling lever penalties in arenas due to the system sometimes issuing inappropriate punishments. Well, that's 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 weird. Um, SeaWorld's screwed. I have mixed feelings on zoos, though. On one hand, conservation efforts and education are valuable. On the other, wild animals in captivity. I said the same thing the last time we went to the zoo. I told my wife, I said, I, I feel differently about this now. Like, some of these animals are just... Why do we have them? <laughs> Why do we have them? Are we helping them? Are we are we are we helping preserve them? Studying them? Are they rescues? Or did we go get them and bring them here and is that okay? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. You know, this guy's just living his life and we brought him here to sit in a box? I don't know. I feel bad. Is this okay? <laughs> Are we okay with this now? The world's changing. <laughs> world's changing. Is this is this allowed now? It's like the circus. The circus had to change. They were smacking animals to make them jump through stuff, and people were finally like, "I don't know if this is okay. This seems bad." <laughs> This seems wrong. Maybe we shouldn't do it. <laughs> like, would you be okay if you walked outside and your neighbor was just wailing on his cat to jump through a hoop? You'd be like, yo, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? But it's like, it's okay if it's a tiger or an elephant. Why? Because they're bigger. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? 
OKC Zoo has a bunch of rescues that can't survive in the wild. It's been responsible for breeding several endangered species. Right, 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 right. Like, there are those instances. Well, and you get to a point where you can't put them in the wild. What are you going to do? You, you can't... You're never going to get them back out there. If you rescue a silverback tomorrow and you try to put them back in the wild in 10 years, <sighs> no. You, you can't. It's over. A ship has sailed. It wouldn't make it. It wouldn't last a week. As long as they're living happy and stress-free lives, I don't see the particular issue with it. You say happy and stress-free, but an animal's sense of flourishing is not, I'm free from predators and eating. An animal's sense of flourishing is is a cageless world. Sure, they might die. They might get attacked. They might get chased. They might go hungry for a season. But again, it's not as simple as that. <clears throat> I could keep you alive in a cage. Wouldn't be difficult, right? The human diet and the human need for for water. But if your spirit's broken, would you be flourishing as a human being? No, you'd be miserable. You'd be like, well, yeah, I'm safe. You're giving me medicine and I, I don't get sick. I'm away from the rest of human civilization and you're feeding me and I can kick a ball around. But I'm not very... I don't feel like I'm flourishing as a human being. You gotta let me out of here, you know? I feel that in my bones. Yeah. (laughs) People sitting in a cubicle right now are like, Preach, Lono. (laughs) Preach. I ordered some 80s teas. Thanks for the code. Thank you, Smashville. I appreciate that. So, I'm, I'm not gonna get, like, animal lover preachy, but I love animals, and I love watching the nature episodes and seeing all these animals. Oh, it's, it's, they're beautiful. They're magnificent. And seeing some giant cat, gorilla, or elephant just kind of standing there like a lifeless statue. I'm like, is this right? Is this, is this good? You know? I don't know. I don't know if it is doesn't feel good doesn't feel right I'm too I'm I'm now I'm now aware of this I can't shut that part of my brain off you know we were in bush gardens and we went back to see the kangaroos and they were laying around they looked dead they looked like somebody had literally gone back with like a fully automatic tranquilizer gun it was like and just hit them all just hit them all and they're all just laying there just like and like you walk by and like they don't even move they just move their eye they're like this you know and they just go like this and they just look at you (laughs) you're like oh my gosh they're dead on the inside dude what is that now somebody might be like well that's normal for kangaroos at this time of day heat blah 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 movement to cool I don't know what they were doing but they looked awful they just didn't look they didn't look like they were happy or flourishing or anything, you know? Without some of the zoo's conservation efforts, some species would be extinct. Right. Exactly. Like you that's what I'm saying. I have mixed feelings about it. I have mixed feelings about it. I'm like, this zoo has done research, they've helped con- conserve, they've spent money to preserve certain uh, habitats. Um They've spent money to help uh, research for for certain species that are endangered. Like, these are all good things. Right? These are all good things. But sometimes I'm just like, 
What about this guy here, though? What's he doing here? Why is this polar bear here? Why is this? Why is the silverback here? Why is this tiger here? Did we go and get them and bring them here, or are they a rescue? If they're a rescue, then there's nothing. Then I'm totally fine with it, right? I'm totally fine with it if they're a rescue, because there's nothing you can do about that. If you rescue a wild animal and get them back to health and fix their broken bone or fix their sickness, that's it. They're zoo for the rest of their life. There's nothing you can do about it. You will never dump them back into the wild. It won't happen. It's not possible. It's they. There are very few animals they've had success in doing that, in 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 reinserting them into the wild. It's very rare and very difficult to do. Some of the animals in the zoo are protected species to help against poachers. That's right. That's right. I don't know much about Overwatch, but my son is ticked. <laughs> Craig, he's like. I don't, I don't play this game. It's a young man's game. My son is very angry. <laughs> we have bald eagles that can't fly. Yeah, why do we have bald eagles? Like, where did they come from? We have bald eagles at our zoo, and they look awful. They look sickly. It's like, what happened to these guys? Yeah, and they can't fly. Most zoo animals are rescues. That's my question, you know? That's my question. Are they mostly rescues? Because a lot of the times they're not. That was SeaWorld's problem. They weren't going out and rescuing these animals. They were taking them and putting them into a tank and then breeding them so they could have more. That's why breeding in captivity was so un- was so rare because they were like, we don't want to. Like, the dorsal fin flop, the, the non-breeding in captivity because you break their spirit. They... They become the shell of what they once were. So all those other things don't happen. <clears throat> Bald eagles are very much endangered. Oh, they are. I didn't know that. That's why they're a protected species and can't be harmed in any way. I did not know that they were endangered. Huh. Well, then I guess if they're, yeah, if they're rescued and protected and all that, that's fine. It's just sad. It's a bummer that they have to look that way. It's like, what a majestic animal just sitting there, like, on the ground. They look like crazy old men. You know, they're like, their eyes are all big and they're, like, looking around, just sitting there. It's it's, it's kind of sad. My favorite are the big cats. I, the, the, my favorite is the tiger, always. That's always my favorite enclosure to go to tigers lions and then all the other big cats i don't care about anything else i don't care about your penguins or your the polar bear is pretty cool too because you can like watch him swim under the water that's pretty dope because that that is a massive animal those things are just monstrous those that's usually what i want to see you know we have a ton of bald eagles in Canada. I see multiple every day really oh that'd be so cool i saw a bald eagle flying once we were traveling somewhere, driving somewhere. I looked out my window, I was like, oh my goodness. And then he went like this. And he just flew out of sight. It was like, and I told my wife, I was like, did you see that? Did you see that? It was a bald eagle. Of course, like nobody else saw it, just me. Which then, oh, you're crazy. You didn't see a bald eagle. It's like, okay, I've seen a lot of birds in my day. I think I know when I see a bald eagle. We have red-tailed hawks all over the place here. And they're so cool to see like flying up in the air. Because they're, they're wingspan, you know, they're just like soaring around. It's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, otters swimming under the water is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bald eagles are not endangered. The U.S. has very strict protections in place for all birds of prey. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think that they were endangered. I know they're protected. Bald Eagles. Uh, I can't type right now. Endangered. Uh, least concern. According to conservation status here on Google, least concern population increasing. They are not under a threat right now of of, uh, of being endangered. They are they are considered a least concern. They were endangered at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are no longer anymore. Their population is increasing according to Google. Um so uh near near threatened is the harpy eagle. The golden eagle is a low concern, population stable. White-tailed eagle population increasing. This is cool that they have this here. Oh, this is freaking neat. Huh. That's that's cool that they have that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's neat that we, we turned that one around. Did they turn the tiger situation around? Tigers were in bad shape globally. They were in really bad shape globally. They were, it was not looking good. We have a lot of them around me in the Midwest. Yeah. They're not in danger anymore, more than likely due to federal protections that are in place. Yeah. They were almost wiped out. So, what were people doing? Just killing them and stuffing them? Or were they going into like their 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 habitats and just destroying junk? Like, what was going on with bald eagles? I guess, like, was there a huge industry for hunting them and, and doing taxidermy on them? What would you be doing to a bald eagle? The weekly animal topic of the stream, that's right. Gaming stream canceled, now a nature channel. Update thumbnails income. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 the Overwatch thing ran its course. We were, we were getting a lot of what people were saying on the poll. We were kind of repeating ourselves. So I was just like, we just, we kind of shifted to something else. If you're new here, this is just what we do. We do not stay locked in on one subject. We had a really, really strong start this morning and I was super encouraged, but then we kind of stalled out. I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think it was a, a topic that had endurance. It had spark but not endurance, so we've shifted topic. We have other topics also slated for today. Knockout City is a hidden gem. Is Xbox requiring always online again and Cyberpunk DLC? So be sure to stick around for that if you're enjoying your stay here. It is, it's a live show. It's back and forth. You know, you guys, uh, you you did not miss the talk. I'm going to do the 10-minute talk here in a second on Overwatch. Uh, We just, we got on, um, we got on, on animals somehow. Oh, we were talking about uh, roller coasters in Disney World, and we, were, we started talking about Geauga Lake and SeaWorld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, U.S. wildlife, habitat destruction and degradation, illegal shooting, and the, uh, the contamination of its food source uh, due to the use of a pesticide. Oh, really? That's what it was. Jeepers. Jeepers. Spark but not endurance. Title of your sec- That's right. That's right. <clears throat> it was habitat degradation, pollution, and illegal shootings. Huh. Well, they turned it around. You had to take a few calls. That's okay. That's okay. I, w- I thought this morning was great. I thought this morning was great. We met some new people. I saw names in chat. I saw at least 10 names in chat I did not recognize. They were new folks that were fans of Overwatch that were chiming in and, and giving us feedback. And uh, it was good. It was good. 
Total view count today will be a little low, but meeting new people and broadening our horizons in new topics is uh, is really, really important. Um, it's really, really important. Yo, thanks for the picture, uh, UK Stobbs. I appreciate that picture, dude. Sent me one on uh, sent me one on Instagram. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, it still says I have a message request. Oh, I have. I guess I have to get rid of it, even though I've seen it, or it's just going to keep pinging me. There we go. Um, <clears throat> is there a call-in number? <laughs> we used to do call-ins, but it didn't really work out that well, so we cut that as a feature. Um, we used to do call-ins for certain tiers of membership. So, we need thirteen more. We need thirteen more members. Uh, to hit 500 likes. I'm not sorry, not 13 more members. We need 13 more people to click the like button to hit 500 likes. If you've enjoyed today's show, uh, it really supports me if you click subscribe. Uh, that way with the sub count can go up, helps the channel grow, and it helps you come back for the day-to-day shows. Uh, tomorrow, we don't know what tomorrow's topic will be, but we will be playing Days Gone on PC this afternoon on this channel. We do gameplay here as well, so the morning show is a talk show, and the afternoon is now gameplay. We're going to be looking at Horizon Zero Dawn on PS5 tomorrow and the day after, and focusing Friday morning, we're going to be looking at that Horizon Forbidden West gameplay that will be featured tomorrow evening on the State of Play. No, he meant members. We do need more members. We do. We don't really push that that often, but if you want to support the channel directly, we don't run a lot of ads here. I turn off the non-skippables so that you can get into the live stream as quickly as possible, uh, and we do that for you, the viewer. Uh, and if you want to show appreciation, if you can, uh, with a paid membership that does support the channel, it helps me do this every day. Uh, and you get increased access in our discord, but for the time being, we don't do almost anything here. That's members only. Um, we might start trying to motivate that in different ways, but I don't, I do not want to slice up the daily broadcast. We're always going to try and make that available to everybody that comes to the channel for the live stream or the past broadcast. We are no longer, we were trimming down the past broadcast to a 10 minute segment and unlisting the past broadcast. We are no longer doing that. That was really bad for the channel. Uh, people have already responded very positively to us changing that. So we uh, appreciate you guys uh, and the feedback you've provided as well as the overwhelming support you've seen to the shift. Um, both past broadcasts yesterday are on their way to probably netting an extra thousand views after I'm not live. That's incredible. Uh, that's the thing that we want to see. Uh, that's It's clear we made the right choice. So... Um, the live this is a live show channel like having 10 minute videos and uploads and pre-recorded stuff we are moving away from that we tried that for a month and it was terrible as soon as we went back to primarily doing just live content uh you guys responded very positively foggy renewing their membership and getting a black badge thanks for clicking join again we appreciate you doing that foggy we've sold about three or four bags of coffee today and that's our first member of the day thank you foggy what chair company well, we're actually looking for a chair sponsor. Smug Desk sent me this months ago, but they don't give me my own unique code. So if you buy the chair from Smug Desk and use that code, it doesn't support me. Um, so it's a great chair. I love high back ergonomic. I, I'm, I'm, I used to sit in a racer chair that was fine, but this is far more comfortable and far more better for my back. Uh, so we're looking for a chair sponsor now uh, that does the high back uh, ergonomic Speaking of coffee, really enjoying it. Thank you to everybody who has ordered Rageless Roast. That's the coffee that we sell here. 
Uh, it is ours. You are not supporting some other business when you buy this. You're supporting me and my family. My wife and kiddos bag it up and ship it out. You get little drawings and stickers on the bag from my kids. Um, so thank you everybody who has ordered that and supported the fam. And uh, uh, let's see. I now have an invoice uh, from the coffee company. Why is it higher? Are we paying the whole thing up front for the um, for the labels? Pending payment due. That feels like the entire... Maybe clarify that for me. What is that? Look at Respawn, Lono. What's Respawn doing? Didn't they... What, their tweet about... Their tweet about not doing leaving penalty? Uh... There's just a Play Apex update that they tweeted about. Um, what's the amount? It's like 528. It's 528. Last time we did like 250 and then we paid the rest later. I don't care at all. I'm just curious what I'm paying for. <clears throat> Heard the story of Tyke the Elephant that escaped a circus in Hawaii? No. Uh-uh. No. Oh, I love snow leopards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that footage they found, or not found, remember that footage they got? It was unprecedented. There was, prior to that that footage, there was no footage of a snow leopard hunting and eating. They didn't have it. That's for two sets, though, is it not? It doesn't say. Can you find out? All it says is, one. it says times one, pending order payment. I can review and pay and see what it says. Pending order is attached. Oh, let me look at the pending order. There's a PDF. It says Rageous Roast Original Light 1200 labels. Why am I ordering 1200 more light? Have they made a mistake? Yeah, it says we're ordering 1200 light labels. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Uh, it's a dark run and a light re-up. I want that invoice to show correctly. They're showing they're showing a twelve hundred light and no dark. I, are we doing? Oh, we doing twelve hundred at a time on the labels? Isn't that right? We don't need light labels. We should have light labels left over from the first label order. Five hundred and sixty some odd bags. Isn't there enough left over from the first batch to to use? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. When I come back, we are going to go over the Overwatch 2 backlash, my official talk. So don't go anywhere. I have not done my official talk yet. And then after that, we will be looking at the news stories about Knockout City being a hidden gem, about Xbox requiring after, you know, always online, and then about the DLC for Cyberpunk. Um... Our next order will leave us at a 120 labels. Okay. Well, it looks like they're charging me the whole amount for the 1200 light and there's nothing for dark. So it's fine. Just, I just want to make sure that they didn't make a mistake since that was something that happened last time, multiple times (laughs) before I go paying money. Okay. So Guys, if you're here, don't go anywhere. You might get some ads. I only do this when I step away. Be sure to smash like, subscribe, the bell button, and use 
all of the relevant commands at the bottom here if you like my shirt remember 80s tees use code lono you want to order some coffee if you want to join and support the channel directly all the commands are there i'll be right back You can look at Razor. They just dropped Razor Isker recently. Yeah, I mean, with as far as chair potential chair sponsors go, there's a lot of them out there. Um, we'll just have to. I don't know. Um, we'll have to. We'll have to. You know, hope and pray that some of these companies will kind of like the 80s tease company they'll just be more interested in making money instead of like basing everything off of twitter drama 
You know what I mean? Um. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Wish I'd again talking to the PvP tubers to stop hyping up guns that are mediocre just for clicks. Well, I mean, what else are they going to do? I mean, so, that's that's some of their content. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, stop the cap. Fatebringer isn't good. <laughs> uh, Okay. Maybe after everything is done, invest, you can get more sponsors saying this is BS. What happened to this guy and reach out? Well, I mean, that's the problem with Twitter, though. Like, so many of these companies believe the fact that that the Twitter mob has power and they don't. (laughs) They don't. They are, they are weak. You know what I mean? He means crap. Stop the cap. Oh, did he mean to put crap? <laughs> uh, you love your favoring and how it feels. I think he's talking about people trying to say it's like a, it's like, it's like a PVP weapon. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't no cap like no kappa? I thought that's what that was supposed to be for. But no cap was like a slang. Uh, cap means lying. Oh, no cap means that means no lying. I thought it was people abbreviating no kappa. Who started no cap? Who owns no cap? There's literally a video about it. What does no cap mean? The expression, uh, the expression no cap is slang meaning no lie or for real, often used to emphasize someone is not exaggerating about something hard to believe. I did not realize that. I saw people saying no cap and I thought they were literally saying no kappa because kappa is like, sar- like sarcastic. So they were like, no kappa, no kappa, I'm being serious. That's what I thought they were saying. Like, that's where I thought it came from. But it's a. I mean, I, I I understood what they were saying. I just thought that that's what it came from. I thought it was like meme speak, you know, for no kappa. I'm not. I'm not pulling your leg here. I'm not goofing around. I'm telling you the truth. You thought it was short for kappa too? Yeah. I. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's hood. Okay. 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 Yeah. No cap. You thought it meant no kappa? Yeah, we're all a bunch of old old fogies, I guess. <laughs> it's the same idea. Like, I understood what they meant because when people would say it, they would use it in that context. And that's what I thought they were saying. Like, no kappa. I'm not, I'm not pulling your leg. I'm not messing with you. I'm telling you the truth.
you would put a cap at the end of a joke on the purple platform. Yeah, yeah. Lono old. So lid means cap and cap means lie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never had anybody tell you you were capping before? No. I'm telling you, I've never, no, I've never heard that as an expression before. When I heard somebody say no cap, I thought they were saying no kappa. Like they're, they're not, they're not, you know what I mean? We should probably start personalizing those 80s T's commands again. I bet you they get more I bet you they get more traction when it's personalized. Mortal Kombat. Let me update that to take you to the Mortal Kombat collection. I I I got lazy. Lono is wearing a Mortal Kombat shirt. I got lazy instead of wanting to update it every morning. There you go. Now the shirt command will take you to the Mortal Kombat collection. We'll probably get more people to click and use the actual code if you take if like if you're interested in this shirt, you're gonna want to see the Mortal Kombat collection. And once you see the Mortal Kombat collection, you're more likely to, you know, to grab a t shirt. I just got lazy the other day. I was like, ah frick it. <laughs> just changed to say he's wearing an eighties T. But I should update that every day. Makes sense. Uh I never watched any of the the Destiny content creators, Cami Chan. I never did. I never had time to. Now I have no desire to. Most of them are garbage human beings. There's a Dying Light 2 stream tomorrow as well. Okay, okay. There's a state of play tomorrow where they're going to show off Horizon Forbidden West uh, content and there apparently now there's also a dying light 2 stream tomorrow so every generation has slang that the previous generation makes fun of yeah 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 <laughs> uh <clears throat> no cap no lies facts sus yeah I don't know who involved themselves, Mulfier, and I don't really care. They all went along with it, and now they're all being quiet, even though the truth has come out. They're being quiet because they're scared of being banned. Bungie made a power play. You know what I'm saying? I've had people privately reach out to me, and they hate what happened, and they're 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 basically terrified to say anything publicly because they were worried that Bungie would then ban them. Bungie made a power move. As soon as as soon as the narrative got shattered and it became clear, right? Upper Echelon's video, the investigation, more and more of the public was beginning to realize that the public had been lied to. Bungie had to step in, basically, to 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 stop that from happening. If they would not have banned me, I think people were going to start speaking out because I think they slowly started to realize what was going on. So, 
Handle that invoice. No more deposit. Labels are paid up front now. Dark labels are being finalized. Re-up on light and dark will ship together. Okay, no problem. There's no update on the investigation. I, I they They had a lot of personal things come up that slowed it down, and I have been ridiculously busy. They need me to type up transcripts of my apology videos and then the conversation with the lawyers. So... What are you talking about? I have no idea. We're almost to the one year anniversary of 11 months ago, a bunch of people in the Destiny community privately conspired against me. They spent two years spreading lies about me. Um, uh, you know, and when it didn't work and I became more successful, they all came out with a bunch of vague stories about when I made them uncomfortable. Um, no actual instances of anything wrong, no 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 harassment no assault like four or five people came forward with this one time four years ago or three years ago he said this thing that's it one time and i they've been holding on to it for years and they all come forward at the exact same time well i obviously lost everything i lost all my sponsorships i lost my purple platform channel i lost a six-figure business that i spent five years building and when the dust settled, people were like, well, why'd you apologize? I apologized in the first 12 hours because I was terrified. I wasn't sincere. I, 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 I didn't even have the full scope of what I had been accused of. I was scared. I was in damage control, and I was trying to stop the bleeding. I thought if I put up an apology video, I would stop losing all of my subs and followers and, and all of my stuff that I was losing at a breakneck speed. Uh, In the weeks that followed, I realized what had happened. I realized how many lies had been told about me, so I came out on the defense. Uh, I came out on the defense and defended myself. And when I defended myself, someone called in a favor, and I lost my Purple Platform channel. Um, So, there, there 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 was somebody that made a phone call, basically. Like, once I defended myself, they all were allowed to go live on their channels and and defame me and spread lies and gossip about me. They all broke TOS on Twitter and on the Purple platform by brigading for me to lose my sponsorships. They brigaded for me to be banned. They spread lies about me. And then, earlier this year, earlier this year, the, the narrative started to turn. The narrative started to turn. Slowly but surely, people started to realize, like, wait a minute, this guy wasn't even really accused of anything. They're just a bunch of weird stories that have been highly exaggerated or misrepresented. The one girl literally showed, like, half of a conversation. She didn't show the other half of the conversation where she was initiating and flirting back. She tried to make me look like a weirdo because she's a liar, right? They're all liars. None of them have said a single true thing. None of them. Like, the more I've looked at it, I'm like, I don't, I don't know you guys' apologies. You're all liars, right? And they all rejected my apology videos. They said they were non-apologies. They said, uh, they, they said that it was insincere. Well, of course it was insincere because I was apologizing for, like, one tiny thing. I apologized for making inappropriate remarks, and then I defended myself, and I said, look, a lot of this other stuff didn't happen. A lot of these other things are not true. Well, once it started being publicly investigated by some third parties, they started to shake things out of the tree, right? They started shaking things out of the tree, and people started making mistakes. 
there was one individual who made a bunch of tweets. She said a bunch of stuff when these investigators were like asking her questions on Twitter. She had to delete all those tweets because she messed up details, right? She messed up details. She screwed up the timeline. She was lying. And because she was saying things that were that, that directly contradicted public statements made the previous year, we had the video footage, we had all the tweets saved, she starts contradicting the timeline and somebody told her. Somebody told her, they were like, and so she deletes all her tweets, she deletes a bunch of VODs, right? And I tell people, I'm like, when this investigation is concluded, I'm going to make it publicly available so people can see the truth of what happened to me. They can see the truth. I am not a monster. I am not a predator. I'm a dude that got awkward a couple of times. No one had the guts to tell me. Well, at the time, they didn't tell me because they didn't feel awkward. At least two or three of the instances, they didn't act weird at all and continued to be my friend and invited me to their house when no one was there, invited me to come do things with them, uh, you know, expressed love and affection for me. You don't do that to somebody that, like, traumatized you. They're liars. I didn't traumatize any of them. And the one that started it all drugged me at an event, gave me something without telling me what it was, I acted weird, and she flipped the story around to try to make me like I was the predator. She drugged me with THC concentrate, didn't tell me what was in it, just kept offering me a vape, and once I, and once I finally figured out how to hit it, because I was an idiot and didn't know how to use it, and then she physically assaulted me at another event because I spoke to somebody in her group. So, that's the truth. That's the truth. I actually could have, at the time, gone to the police and been like, this person drugged me, and it made me feel very unsafe. This person physically assaulted me. Like, I actually could have gone to the police at the time and didn't know. I freaked out, thought my career was over, tried to apologize. They're like, you made me really uncomfortable and all this stuff, right? And so... As soon as that investigation started rattling cages, people were like, oh no, uh, we made a mistake. We've told more lies. The public is seeing us telling more lies. What happened? I said, when the investigation concluded, I was going to throw it on Twitter. I had a verified badge on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to make sure the public sees this. I'm going to make sure the public sees the truth. All of a sudden, a week later, lost my verified badge on Twitter. Very mysteriously. It's because you went dormant for six months. Nope, I had tweeted about a a month before that. I had tweeted about a month before that. That's not true. That's not why I lost my verified badge. Someone called in a favor. Probably the same company that called in the favor to get me kicked off purple and get wish you luck hidden from the directory. Right? Same company. Right? And, and, another week goes by and they start shaking out more things and really upsetting people and all of a sudden I get banned from Destiny no no reason given my last play session in Destiny was on my couch playing with my son doing bounties uh, and lost sectors in the Cosmodrome people started spreading lies that I had cheated that I had played with cheaters in Trials but then people checked my player history I hadn't played Trials in like 8 months I hadn't touched PvP. I was playing, I was, the, my last PlayStation, I was playing with my son. And so I got banned for no reason. And the reason they did that is, I didn't break TOS, I didn't break any of their rules, they didn't contact me about it, they didn't give me a reason. I filed an appeal ticket, and they didn't say anything about it. They just closed the ticket and wouldn't talk to me. 
they did it because I think they were worried. They were like, we're losing our control over the public narrative about this guy, and people are going to start to realize it, and people in the Destiny community are going to start to realize it, and then we're in bad shape. Because if any of those streamers on Purple started speaking out and saying, this guy got a raw deal, this is freaking bogus, that would turn the tide, and they would lose control. Well, they made a giant mistake by banning me. Because then Upper Echelon covered it, and now Upper Echelon covered it, Quartering covered it, Gothics did an interview with me about cancel culture. The only people who believe their story is their ever-shrinking Destiny community on Twitter. Like, everybody outside of that community sees what happened to me for what it is. Like, go look at the like ratios on Upper Echelon's video. Then because they're losing their grip on the narrative even more, because now the general public is like, this is a bunch of bullcrap. What the frick? This guy lost everything. He's got a wife and children. He lost everything because he flirted with people as a married man? Is, is, that, is that the bar now that we have for monster worthy of destruction? Like, that's what it, that's what it boils down to. They try to judge my actions against, like, a very traditional monogamous conservative morality about, like, oh, he was flirting as a married man. Like, oh, okay. Let's drag some of your skeletons out and see what people say about you. That's one thing they're very afraid of. So then they tried to illegally copyright strike um, Upper's video. They tried to copyright strike it down, and it failed. And then they did it again. And then that one failed. So the first one failed and the second one failed. So somebody committed perjury because two different individuals claimed ownership of items in his video. Both cannot own the, own, own the images that they tried to claim. The infamous wedding photo. So somebody committed perjury. Because it says, under penalty of perjury, when you file a copyright strike, you are filing a legal document. You're not just saying, I don't like this video. Right? And so they they have now they have now it's a matter of public record that that company has abused their power and their position to try to stop the truth from coming out because the first time the copyright strike happened on his video it was done by a lawyer who represents that company. They've done nothing but try and abuse their power and position to make sure the truth doesn't come out. Two of the community managers from that company publicly lied about me when the whole story broke. They claimed that they hadn't worked with me privately in years. That's not true. They had been working with me privately. I have the DMs to prove it. I was receiving confidential information. I was receiving press releases early. They were they were working with me again. And the fact that they admitted that they well they hadn't been working with me privately in years is also them admitting that they took place in marking for exclusion and blacklisting. <laughs> so at every step of the way, I I, I don't I, I it, it boggles my mind. Like I was looking at it this morning. I know we haven't talked about it in a while. I was looking at it this morning, and it blows my mind. There's a guy still. I think it's one of the girls on an alt. I don't think it's a real guy. I think it's one of the girls on an alt account. It blows my mind that it's like at every step of the way, everything they did all points to dishonest, 
abuse of power and sequestering and suppressing the truth. None of it smells like truth, integrity, honesty. Nobody's open to investigation. Nobody's open to inquiry. It all reeks of dishonesty. And people are like, oh, but he apologized. Like, that's their only thing they have. In the first 11 hours, I freaked out and apologized for making inappropriate remarks. And they they think that's their smoking gun. It's like... You guys abuse power, block, threaten, get angry, change stories, delete tweets, delete VODs. Like, nobody keeps their story straight. Nobody's open to inquiry. Nobody's open to an investigation. I was begging for an investigation from moment one. I I wanted Purple to investigate it. We reached out to the Purple platform. We reached out to their legal department. We reached out to their moderation department. I was fully willing to cooperate with an investigation, and they didn't do one. They banned me as a favor to somebody, more than likely. So, what's good, Kane? So, that's where we are. That's why I don't cover the game. That's why I'm still banned. Because they've made every effort they can to abuse their power and abuse their connections to sequester the truth from coming out. I've said it many, many times, and I'll say it again. I would survive a discovery process because I have nothing to hide none of these people would survive a discovery process. Their businesses wouldn't. They've done so many corrupt things. There's, there is concrete evidence of blackmail. There's concrete evidence of blacklisting and marking for exclusion. None of these people would survive an actual process of discovery if we went through a whole legal thing. Do it. Go through the legal channels. Go sign legitimate affidavits. Try and claim I'm a monster and a predator. Do it, because what follows is a discovery process. You have to submit to that if you want to take this through an actual legal route. And I will fully cooperate with that, because I can survive a discovery process. I have nothing to hide. They have lots of stuff to hide. There's already They're already making movements, by the way. If you know how to read... If you know how to read public PR narrative armor... Some of these people have already made movements because they know what's coming. They're worried about what's going to come out. Suddenly, somebody's not involved anymore and focusing on their family and stepping down. Yeah, I said that was going to happen. Because they know what might come out and they're making preparations because if the stuff comes out, then it'll be very, very clear that I was not the, I was not the villain. There were, there were other people that were villainous privately. So... People keep asking for updates on the investigation. That's what they're talking about. I have to get transcripts of my conversation with the legal department, and I have to get transcripts of my apologies. I don't know what else they need to narrow down. The last time I spoke to RN Jesus, he said that they had some personal things in life that just started, just took up their time. They, they were too busy to work on it. So... We're, we're in a holding pattern on the investigation because it's like, I have to do those transcripts, and these are three people that were just doing it completely on their own. They were doing it totally on their own. So. There's not a single person, there's not a single person that was accused of stuff, if it was legitimate, that there wasn't like a mountain of evidence, and then that was the end of it. In my situation... It was orchestrated, it was planned. We have public confessions from them that they planned it for two weeks because I was being successful and they wanted to take me down. So, I, 
you can you can you can point you can point to my apologies all you want uh, my apologies are only admissions of one thing I made inappropriate remarks and jokes as a married man which has way more to do with my relationship with my wife than a bunch of women who make similar jokes and comments all the freaking time so <clears throat> And they're all locked into a prison now. They have to maintain a lie that only only the Destiny community believes. And they're losing their grip on that too. Because as I said, there are people that have reached out to me privately and said, this was bogus, this was a raw deal, and they can't say anything publicly because they're terrified. Me getting banned from Bungie, I'm from Destiny... People are like, well, if I get banned from Destiny, that's my entire career. Like most people, most people that create Destiny content could not survive a ban. It would be the end of their career. They'd be over. There'd be nothing for them to do. <clears throat> We've spent two months pivoting to variety, and you guys have really helped that become a reality and uh, and helped it be a success story. Most people could not do that. It'd be the end. It'd be that'd be the end of everything. So. Okay, we got to leave ourselves time here. It's it's getting late. <clears throat> they all act like they're these scared nuns, and they aren't. They're as vulgar. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Have you done the transcript? I think somebody did one for me. They found freeware. Um, they found freeware, and like they did one of the apologies. I have to do um, the the lawyer one. They they believe that we can't do anything with the recording, but the lawyer was in Tennessee and I'm in Kentucky. And as long as one person is aware of the recording, then you're fine. I was aware of the recording. I don't have to tell them I'm recording them. You don't have to do that in certain states. So I think we're fine to publish that recording, but. The investigators seem to think that we're better off just doing a transcript. So, all right. Uh, yeah, let's get a timestamp on this. Sorry, we're tr- what we're trying to do. So let's let's turn the rudder here. What we're trying to do with these ten-minute segments, I'm about to go through. If you've never been here before, I go through like a planned ten-minute talk. I got outlines and points and things I want to make. Um, the uh, the d- the dilemma here is we don't know where to put this content right now because usually what we like to do is what we did this morning. This morning was really fun. We just bantered about Overwatch 2 Backlash, the 5v5 change, why'd they do it, what's the reasoning behind it, what does it mean, you know, etc. And we feel that maybe having me like go and take a break like that and come back and do it. Hey, wait, we haven't done it yet. Stick around for that. We might do it then. That way we're not disrupting the morning vibe, right? We were doing it for a while where it was like we were vibing, we were talking, and then all of a sudden I was like hitting the brakes and being like, all right, hang on, I got to record this segment. So I think it does work. Um, it does work with uh, with coming back after a break we tried that yesterday and that felt pretty good the only dilemma we're running into now is i don't know where to put the micro news stories they end up getting kind of shoved at the end of the day which is fine because those are getting recorded for the shorts channel and the three ones we did yesterday are actually doing really really well uh they're just like little short four minute videos and um 
Yeah, the Dying Light 2 weird teaser and the Overwatch 2 backlash vids, those did those did well. Um, the Jedi Fallen Order next gen one isn't, but that's fine. That's fine. That channel is, um, that's what the upload channel is now. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee literally just now. It was the extreme. Thank you. The extreme for ordering some rageous roast, a bunch of orders today, guys. Thanks for ordering that coffee and supporting that. Um, yeah, the upload channel is a thing, Robert, but it's literally just those little short four-minute news things that we do. So, okay, a Barrier did the apology one. It's freeware called Otter. I can do the rest if you want me to. If you could do both apologies, Barrier, I could do the, the, the lawyer one, and then we would just be done with it. I'm so done with it. Like, I'll answer their questions, but I'm like, my gosh, I've had to do so much work behind the scenes to track things down for them. Because it was, you know, three- and four-year-old events and stuff. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Horizon's doing a live stream tomorrow, Sean. So, this is our plan. We're going to play Days Gone on PC today. Um, and then we're going to do, uh, we're going to do Horizon Zero Dawn on PS5 tomorrow in the afternoon to kind of get everybody excited about the, the reveal of the Forbidden West stuff. We'll probably do a breakdown of the Forbidden West footage Friday morning and then play Horizon Zero Dawn again Friday afternoon. So that's kind of our plan uh, to shift some focus to the Horizon franchise. So did the woman do a call with St. Jude as well? I don't know. I just I just spoke with their lawyers and I have that conversation recorded where they decided not to do anything. So yeah, we'll be going over the Days Gone stream here shortly. I got to I got to record. I got to do this uh, segment. Uh, it looks like May 28th there's going to be a Far Cry 6 gameplay. Oh my gosh, we're about to get very, very busy with uh, with with news coverage. It's going to be feast or famine, dude. It's going to be feast or famine. Apparently there's a Dying Light 2 thing tomorrow as well. Alright, let's go at 345.30. Alright, let's go at 345.30. Oh yeah, I have to change the m- music... No, let's we can keep the music like this. We don't really we don't really do anything with the video anymore anyway. So we don't have to do the chill hop music. <clears throat> hey, thanks for checking out another episode of SNTR Presents. If you clicked on this video and then used the timestamp, thanks for doing that. We do live streams all throughout the week, and today's topic was the Overwatch 2 backlash. As always, hit like, subscribe, and the bell button to not miss out on all of my live streams and content, as well as gameplay here on this channel. So, Game Informer reported about this, and we debated this quite a bit, uh, both yesterday on the live stream and today. Basically sort of going back and forth about why did they do this? What does it mean for the pro teams? What does it mean for you know Blizzard going forward? Uh, at the moment... I don't think we have enough information necessarily to say what this will do definitively to the game flow of Overwatch, but it is very, very important that number one, they got the information out now, and number two, that teams are going to have to make adjustments because of this. So if you're not familiar... Here is the report from Game Informer. The sequel is dropping the standard PvP count from 6v6 to 5v5. Now, this means that instead of running the classic 2-2-2 team composition, right now if you play competitively, you are forced, if there's a tournament or anything and you're involved, it's 2-2-2. Two DPS characters, two support, 
to tanks, okay? Now they did this in response to some of the strategies that had emerged where teams were running three tanks and three support, and they wanted to see more even representation of the various classes in the game. What this means is they are now going to enforce one tank, two damage, two support. So a 2-2-1. Two, two, so you're going to have two damage, two support, and one tank. Now, what this means is you have to juggle your party rotation since one person's always unable to queue. So if you are an esports organization and you have a team that it was built around the 2-2-2, two, 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 when Overwatch 2 gets here, somebody's sitting out, somebody's not playing. So consequently, the 5v5 decision is getting a lot of pushback from the Overwatch player base, understandably. Some of these people have been training and they got hired. They're in contract. Some of these teams have spent a significant amount of money getting these teams together and and developing strategies. Now, according to an esports website, Inven Global, fans have drafted a petition on change.org to sway Blizzard into reverting the big PvP count change. Peter Levy, the Overwatch player that started the petition, said this, Overwatch has its fair share of issues. Q times and shield metas have been long-standing problems in Overwatch game design, but switching to 5v5 has no guarantee of fixing these issues and will cause harm to the Overwatch community. So this brings up so many questions. Does Blizzard owe the esports portion of their community? Does they do they owe them anything? You know, is it as I say, I say it's a symbiotic relationship. Are they still trying to make sure this game is super accessible to the general public? We talked about that this morning, how any game that starts to fill up with, as we call them, sweaties, people that play really, really hard and they want to get better and they want to win, that tends to drive other players away from the game and then companies revert to doing things like skill-based matchmaking or trying to protect the lower-skilled, more medium-skilled players from the higher-skilled players and traditionally it doesn't actually work all that well and it tends to frustrate anybody who is in the middle uh, of, of the of the skill spectrum or higher. So let's talk about first and foremost a symbiotic relationship. Now, some of this has to do with money and Blizzard's got to consider this. Now, according to a recent report in 2019, uh, according to reports by Jacob Wolf while at ESPN, the initial franchise slots for the 12 teams in OWL Season 1 each cost $20 million. For the 8 expansion teams that followed starting with Season 2, those slots reportedly cost between 30 and $60 million. If the 8 expansion teams all average out to $45 million, the 20 teams would make a combined entry fee of $600 million. So there is money to be made here in OWL. Now, recent reports of viewership going down in America were sort of balanced out by the grand finals in China saw a 260% increase from 2019 to 2020. And with the sequel on the horizon, this could cause a resurgence in viewership for Overwatch, for OWL, for all of these tournaments that they like to do. Now, that could lead to a continued and healthy cash flow. Keep in mind that 600 million, that's not advertising, that's not sponsorship revenue, those are entrance fees. So there is a significant amount of money to be made here both in fees sponsorships as well as advertising if the viewership continues to trend in a good direction now if they want to fix the american viewership they're going to have to rectify some of the issues with people quitting and going to valorant and then they're going to have to navigate you know viewership trends and things like that but a sequel has the power 
to cause a renewed interest. It does. And if they want to keep that symbiotic relationship with the pros and the organizations and the pro teams, this might not have been the best way to approach this. Just suddenly being like, yeah, it's five, it's five v five. You're gonna have to drop a tank. You're gonna have to drop a player. Like all this, all this shakeup. Now, obviously, they're telling people well in advance, so teams have time to adjust. Personally, I don't think they're going to walk this back because more than likely the entire game is being tuned around the 5v5 change. They're making changes to classes. They're making changes to maps, no doubt, new maps. And we're going to go over some of the things they've already said about Bastion. But first, let's talk about how this is more than a video game now. All right. More and more, those of us in the gaming industry and those of the people that enjoy watching or participating in these sorts of tournaments have been trying to drive home the message that this is more than just a video game thing, hobby that you do on the weekend. Entire careers have been made. People have become millionaires overnight, practically, playing games competitively, even in a game like Fortnite that isn't really designed to be competitive. Some of these young men and women have made thousands, maybe even millions of dollars playing these games competitively in front of a live audience if games like overwatch want to continue to straddle the line between video game and sport it'll meet some of the same frustrations that fortnite ran into when so many players and teams wanted to turn it into an esport okay if you want your game to stay to be a video game and to and to be accessible and fun but you also want it to be a sport that's a really really hard straddle to manage most of the sports that you watch right now everyone works up in skill league age and experience and then they end up in contact with the pro team it's not like you know johnny backyard football can walk onto the nfl stadium floor and just start playing that's not possible and video games are having to figure that out if your game starts to become very esports popular what do you do with that without shoving the larger portion of your audience out the door The thing to remember is games like Overwatch didn't necessarily set out to become an eSport. And that's part of the reason the success and the support happens in the way that it does. Halo, CSGO, League of Legends, even StarCraft, they grew into eSports mainly because the community pushed for it. It becomes a grassroots thing. It's more organic, and that tends to make the fuel in the tank more potent. Right? This is actually one of the reasons a lot of these games that just wanted to mechanically build an eSport or mechanically build just another Battle Royale, they didn't do that well because it didn't sort of happen on its own. On one hand, Overwatch is just a video game. I'm sorry, it's not just a video game anymore. So on one hand, those pushing for eSports to be taken seriously, you can't dismiss the frustrations of teams and players that have dedicated more than just money and time, but their professional lives in this sport. But on the other hand, these changes could be intended to better shape the game long term for the competitive realm as well as the general public. They have to consider both, and that's a very, very difficult thing to do. Lastly, just some of the changes on the horizon, the Bastion rework. I love that skin, by the way, partnering with Legos for that skin for Bastion. Absolutely brilliant. Now, whenever the game first came out, I did play a lot with Bastion and I really, really liked him. And I know he got nerfed and Game Rant had this to say. The Overwatch team is looking at changing his recon weapon to add more range to his kit. Uh, For his sentry form, they believe his lack of mobility is too intense and they're looking at allowing him to move slowly while in this form. 
Now, to balance these mobility changes, Goodman, one of the guys working on the game, claims that the team is reducing the damage output of Bastion's sentry gun so that it will, quote, it's not quite as deadly as it was in Overwatch 1. He emphasizes that Bastion is still in the middle of his rework process, so any potential changes outlined so far could be altered even further before the testing phase is finished. This is something you have to consider. They are not simply stripping the game down to 5v5 and then giving you a thumbs up and a pat, you know, pat on the back. Up, go play. They're going to be reworking a lot of the classes, introducing new classes, and more than likely brand new maps and modes. I remember loving Bastion when the game first came out and many people complained about how strong he was. We tried to counter him with Genji. I ended up falling in love with Genji. Now, I didn't play the game that much. I sort of dropped off the map with the game I didn't play it in a long-term way. I played it for like maybe a month off and on with community members. And I know they dropped him down a few pegs. A lot of people were bummed. He doesn't get a lot of representation in the competitive realm. And they're trying to change that. So it'll be interesting to see how all the various classes shape up going forward. Especially with them pushing the 2-2-1 as opposed to... To the 222. We'll also have to watch and see what these esports organizations, teams, and players do and how they respond to this. They start cutting players. What are those players going to do? Maybe they can all form their own ragtag group of people that are unwanted tanks uh, and maybe maybe take a crack at the Overwatch 2 tourney landscape when it finally gets here. So we do these videos live on the air. And if you watch this segment later, I appreciate you doing that. Click the like button, subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next live stream. We're still recording those just because we think we might, uh, we might, um, we might end up using them somewhere. Lono using Bastion. I actually switched very quickly to Genji. I played Bastion for like an afternoon and then I was like, oh, let me try this Genji guy because there was a Bastions on the other team that were frustrating us. So I used Genji and the first time I successfully like reflected back the the sentry gun and killed a and killed a bastion i didn't look back i was like genji every time i played and then i liked um oh what's her face the one with the rockets because i played rocket arena in quake and the one that can like fly and uh justice reigns from above farah is her name right farah I ended up loving her because it took me back to like my quake roots of like predicting where to put rockets and bouncing people around. Oh, I, yeah, I loved her. She was really, really fun. Um, I think I ended up maining, maining Farah after that. I uh, loved playing as her. The rejects can just make another team. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to be late to the gameplay. That's okay, because we raid that. We do a live redirect for that. Let me quickly go through. We made the mistake again. We're vibing. We're vibing in the mornings, and then it's difficult for me to come over here and do these uh, do these, these, these gaming news segments. we got to figure this out. Um, so... And the reason I have the RagelessRoast.com up there is because we record these and repurpose these. So those of you that support this content, me recording these little sections and segments are really, really important for my other channels. You get the benefit of being here live and getting a bunch of gaming news jammed into a stream. Um, but it also helps support expanding the brand into, uh, into on other channels. So this is going to be the knockout one. 
the knockout, and we'll go at 359. We'll go at 359 for this one. <clears throat> and if you support the Shorts channel with views, engagement, likes, and comments, we thank you for that. That's basically what the upload channel used to be. We're kind of repurposing it for shorter videos. <clears throat> Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. Another SNTR short for you. This one about Knockout City being a hidden gem. If you haven't checked out this game right now, you can get it for free as a trial. I know eventually it will be going to a paid format, but people are singing its praises. And I got a nice little news segment here from PC Gamer about how this game might be a hidden gem. There's some good stuff here. It might have a secret sauce. If you enjoy this video, hit like, subscribe, and the bell button. If you want to be here for the live streams, I record these live on my main channel. Go to sntrlive.com or use the link below to get to my main YouTube channel. So this is what PC Gamer had to say about Knockout City. It has a surprisingly deep combat language that has more in common with Chivalry's back-and-forth duels than the games it resembles. Remember Rocket Arena? Fights are not a matter of pinpoint aiming or movement trickery. Each showdown is a test of wit fake outs and reflexes so if you've watched anybody play this I was watching some footage last night it actually is uh, it it, is pretty in depth it's not just run around and throw dodgeballs at each other there is a lot that goes into it and they, they spell out some of the things that you can do in this next paragraph the 1v1 dynamic is pretty similar to a baseball pitcher's bag of tricks you've got a standard fastball and a few variants like change up slow curveball, high arcing lob though instead of slightly altering the ball's trajectory to the same general strike zone, curveballs and lobs are extreme maneuvers that can challenge opponents completely out of reach so they give an example here, if you're annoyed somebody just ducked behind a wall after you finish charging your throw, you can put spin on it and watch the ball take a hard left around the block like a heat seeking missile, so there's a lot going into this game and the response to what the other player is doing, it's sort of like monitoring their stance in a duel and seeing what they're going to do to get away from the attack, so this is not a mindless game, now we were going to play this game because we do gameplay on the main channel we were going to play it And then I watched the gameplay, and I was like, oh my gosh, we're a week late. I'm going to get absolutely destroyed and get salty and frustrated. I generally don't play a lot of PvP games anymore, and this one looked lighthearted, but as we just talked about in the Overwatch video, how a lighthearted fun game can quickly get infested with sweaties and really good players, I was like, I think I'll sit this one out. Let's just do a short segment on it. So there are also... Beyond the basic throws, there's also speed variances for everything, as well as other crucial mechanics like catching, overcharging, passing, ball form, become the ball, dodging, gliding, and special power balls. Sounds nice. (laughs) It's a lot to take in at first, but once you get the hang of the core moveset, you start getting plays like the one below, and they showed like a play below. Now, again, one of the reasons I kind of avoided this, uh, I I don't know how it plays on, I don't even know if it's available on console, but uh, that was watching PC footage. It was a mouse and keyboard and flipping and spinning and doing all this, and it reminded me of why I sort of drifted away from Fortnite. The 
the challenge of building and editing and the speed of play generally kind of pushed me out the door. I was just more of a casual, more average player who got decent at building and couldn't keep up with the young bloods out there that were just way, way faster than me. So if this kind of a game, you know, sounds like something that kind of makes you tick, you're definitely going to want to check it out. As I said, I think it might be a hidden gem. Now, the author here from this article says, he's impressed by how harmoniously Knockout City's mechanics gel together. Balance appears to be a major consideration. Even when I'm ganged up in a 1v3, I have the opportunity to dodge or catch every ball sent my way. The basic rules of dodgeball naturally create comeback scenarios where I'm repeatedly catching, throwing, catching, throwing until I'm the last one standing. It's downright intoxicating. So, take it for PC Gamer. If you haven't checked this one out, Take a look at it. It might be a hidden gem for you, but for me, it'd probably be a sinking rock. As always, if you want to watch me live, sntrlive.com or use the link below, and I'll see you in the next video. (coughs) It's a game for those cracked out on G Fuel and Cheetos. That's right. That's right. (laughs) All right, let's do the next one. Let's do the next one so we can get to some gameplay. Um... You see some gameplay of this game. It has a Fortnite feel to it. It's third person. Uh, yeah, it's a third person game. It's 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 got that Fortnite feel. It really really does. And uh, it's cartoonish, obviously. Um, and it seems like I, I, as as the guy said in the thing, it seems fast paced and 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 like it might actually have a uh, a, a lot a lot of depth. Um, that at the moment, you know, people might just look at it and think it not take it very seriously. So it's on everything. You can cross play, cross save. Oh, okay, so it's everywhere. Um I would say I would say it's probably more accessible if you're only playing against people on controllers, right? If it's if you're only playing people on controllers, it probably would slow it make it a little bit more um lighthearted if that makes sense if you go into the mouse and keyboard realm I, I, I would not be surprised if knockout city is is it ends up being pretty sweaty but on controller you're more likely to run into like a you know the more casual again it is slower you can't move as fast you can't flip around and do all these different things with a controller that you can do mouse and keyboard it might be something fun for a Friday night me and Hilly to play Again, I would want to use I would want to go to an environment where I'm only playing people on controller though. So it's basically a more complex version of the previous game Rocket Arena. It was so funny that they named it Rocket Arena too. More likely to run into a bot, just say it. It's different clientele. It's different clientele, Wheeze. It's they're not bots, you know. They're just a little bit more casual. It, it, the PC, you're way more likely to run into a sweatband wearing, G Fuel sniffing, like, you know, hasn't slept in four days obsessed kid. It's like, I'm going to go pro in this game. Like, you're way more likely to run into those types of players on PC, you know? Do private matches to set up game nights. You can do private matches in that game. That might be fun. Maybe bring back and do like one fight night, you know? I was like, man, it's dark outside. I was like, oh, it's raining. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. It made some of my back pop, too. 
That's right. That's right. Um, okay. Mm -mm. Okay. Let me get a timestamp for the next story. Uh, let's go to 407 for Xbox. We're going to be late to gameplay. Yeah, Titanfall being ruined by hackers. That's that's actually been a long an ongoing problem. It's so it's so sad. Like I read it and just want to like it's so irritating all these little losers that just want to ruin everything for everybody else. Got another SNTR short for you. Thanks so much for watching the videos here on this channel. Or if you want to watch the live shows, head over to SNTR Presents, my main channel. Go to SNTRlive.com where I record these. So this one, Xbox requiring always online. It, it seems like it's it's a bug, but it could be something they're trying to sneak in. So we don't have the full scope of the information from Microsoft just yet. So this may end up being another video that we cover later. However, at the moment, it seems like there are instances where you need to be online to play games on your Xbox. Now, this happened. This was reported by Pure Xbox, and we do have a response from a Microsoft dev, but it doesn't seem like we have good information just yet on what exactly they're going to do about this. So, the popular modern vintage gamer came out with a video report in the past 24 hours which has caused quite a stir on social media, focusing around reportedly serious problem with DRM issues on the Xbox Series X. The video in question has prompted one Xbox developer to come forward and shed some light on the issues at hand. So in the video, MVG highlights that the Xbox Series X in particular has a heavy-handed DRM measure in place that makes using the console offline more difficult than ever, explaining that the Xbox One and smart delivery disc-based games don't always run if you're offline, typically due to requesting some kind of an initial install or update. So in his video, he was trying to play a game that he owned and he wasn't online and he was getting that error or that bug that was like, come back later, just wait a minute or install or something and he couldn't play it. He also highlights that the Xbox Series X like the Series S and Xbox One, requires an internet connection in order to set up the console for the first time, which in theory would render unused consoles useless once Xbox Live eventually shuts down in the distant future. I I don't know why he's worried about that, but you do need the internet initially to set these up. Now, I know what most people are probably thinking when they hear that, they're like, well, who cares? Like, sure, I have the internet. That's not a problem. I can plug my brand new Xbox in. Now, An Xbox developer under the name Oscar K responded on the Reset Era forums and stated that his main takeaway from the video that they need to improve on their on-console error messaging. He doesn't say why exactly those errors are popping up. So this is the quote from the developer. Having watched the video and read through the discussion here, my main takeaway is that we, Xbox, need to improve our on-console error messaging. The very generic and unclear error messaging clearly adds confusion and can lead to mistrust of the system. There is actually an effort to uh, internally to revamp licensing-related error messaging, and I will ensure that this feedback is heard internally to continue driving that effort. The real question is, why is this happening? 
If you own the game and you are attempting to play the game and there is some type of an error message due to you not being online, that is concerning. At one level, it could just be a bug or a ghost in the machine. Although, theories circling around this could be that Microsoft is making moves to get everybody on Game Pass since they're removing some of the requirements that typically used to be there. You no longer need a gold, an Xbox Live gold subscription to play free-to-play games online. And there are many people that read that and said, you know, they're trying to get everybody on Game Pass. This could be sort of ground foundational work to be like, if you want to take advantage of smart delivery, if you want to take advantage of taking your games with you everywhere, you are going to need an internet connection. So sneaking back in that very, very loathed and hated announcement from way back when that you're always going to need to be online. We'll see and look for official statements from Microsoft about this, but for now, it's looking like there might be some issues if you're trying to do this on your Xbox Series X or S. As always, I'll look for you in the next video. We do these every day, so head over to the main channel, and I thank you so much for watching. Dodgeball game looks like a good time. It does. It does. It does. It looks like one of those games. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. The dodgeball game looks like one of those games that you'd play for like an afternoon or a weekend and be like, this is really fun. And then as soon as it gets sweaty, you're like, this isn't fun anymore. Maximilian Dude held a uh, Mortal Kombat tourney on Monday for Rivals. Got shut down a few hours in by hackers dosing live pro players. Shutting down the entire thing. Such a shame to see. Man. How is this even a thing? Knockout City's on Game Pass? Oh, is it? It was so much exposure for some of those players really good at the game and it ruined this whole event. Like 35,000 people watching. for the next stream yep
I guess my question is, how do they get so many of the pros IP addresses? That doesn't make any sense to me. They DDoS the gateway, only need one IP? Oh, were they DOSing the Mortal Kombat servers? Yeah, the problem is, Akuta Papa, most people that do DOSing use a VPN, so you'd never be able to do that to them. You know what I mean? Why don't they do something worthwhile like hacking billionaires? I know, why can't we get some Robin Hood hackers? Well, the reason they don't do that is because that would be much harder. Dossing isn't even hacking. It's like it's like a poor man's it's like poor man's cyber crime. <clears throat> You know what I mean? It's a, it's 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 a it's a poor man cybercrime. Like they're not doing anything that significant. Dossing is not some elaborate like g- computer genius. It's some zit face loser running some software. You know what I mean? That's all it is. It's just some basement dweller with zero computer skill whatsoever. Yeah, the government would step in if they actually tried to do legitimate cybercrime. They're doing this low rent stuff because it's easy, and they and they get away with it most of the time. VPN should start being held accountable for those that use their platforms. Right. A block should occur on the VPN side because they should be protecting against hackers' malicious use. That's what I that that's the other problem. Yeah, is like VPN should VPN should be stopping it. You shouldn't just be able to keep going back and getting another VPN, you know. Wait, why is Unreal 5 trending? 
Two hours ago, Unreal Engine 5 is now available in early access. Find out more and go hands-on with Nanite, Lumen, and all the exciting new tools and features. So Unreal 5 has officially released. Um, Epic Games is demonstrating new Unreal 5 improvements on the Xbox Series X and the PS5 today. So they're displaying the screenshots running on the Series X, the most powerful console on the market. Unreal 5's super resolution feature promises near 4K quality at the cost of 1080p. Are you freaking kidding me? Sounds good. May have our lead topic for tomorrow. Gosh, that's beautiful. They're showing gameplay and it just looks magnificent. gonna take a couple years for that to change the platform but that's why that's why gears that's why gears did what they did <clears throat> that's why gears is changing they're changing to unreal 5 for that reason all right I don't want to be too late to the gaming channel 30 minutes late is acceptable let's go 420 we, we gotta do we gotta do this this last one uh we gotta do this last one about cyberpunk. <clears throat> hey, thanks for clicking on the video. Gonna be talking about Cyberpunk 2077 DLC from an article uh, by Game Rant talking about what they should focus on because this game has gone through a lot of controversy and criticism and obviously folks are saying look if you're playing on DLC there's a lot of other things you got to work on first but also things you need to consider when you finally do launch DLC if you enjoy these little micro news segments for gaming news coverage hit subscribe and the bell button or join me on my main channel there should be a link below sntrlive.com so this is reported by GameRank, and, and, and what the author is saying is, is while there are many different places the potential cyberpunk DLC could go, it would be worth CD Projekt Red's time to focus on the cast of characters in the base game and not stray too far into new ones. Obviously, the temptation is to add a whole new cast of characters to the mix, but keeping it simple with the characters the studio has already established would give the DLC some solid footing. This might be the first step to truly redeeming cyberpunk, so it'll be important for the studio to get off on the right foot. Now, I tend to agree with this because I've said a handful of things about cyberpunk. I really don't want to play the game until they do sort of the bring it back from the brink update. And I know people are saying it's actually not that bad. I really enjoyed it on PC, all these various things. When you have to defend a game by saying it's not that bad or it's passable or whatever, that's not the best defense of a game. I want to see this game get the No Man's Sky treatment. I want to see it pulled back from the brink of disappointment and destruction and turned into something beautiful and wonderful. I think CD Projekt Red can do it, and I agree with the author here. I do think if you're going to do DLC, you got to reinvest in the core game and the core characters, and essentially, I would say, use the DLC as kind of a reset button. That would be my push. 
uh, to the to the to the, the, the to the developers. While Cyberpunk 2077 was criticized initially for a number of issues, it was praised almost universally for its strong cast of characters. Many of them have memorable moments, and depending on the choices the player made throughout the story, most can make it out alive. If DLC were to be set after the game's main story, the cast is still around to get into more trouble. This would do two things if they did it right. Number one, you could pull in players like me and I would feel that I am playing the base game expanded and being able to enjoy it. If you're somebody who actually did play the game at length, went through the story, saved characters or made different decisions, that would then be tethered to the DLC and then you would feel as if your investment is being rewarded. That is, I think, one of the best approaches they could take with this game. If you remember... A lot of my commentary with Anthem centered around the fact that that game's only going to come back from the brink if you essentially hit the reset button. You got to start over and let existing and new players enjoy the core elements of the game in a more expanded and more robust way, and I think they should do the same thing with Cyberpunk. The author goes on to say, The temptation to include an all-new cast of characters for the DLC is most likely being felt by CD Projekt Red, but hopefully the studio sticks with who is still around. Even if the DLC doesn't incorporate everyone, focusing on a few characters would help flesh out the base game experience and potentially make good on some of the unkept promises about the player character's choices the studio made before launch. By making the focus tighter and stopping a new major expansion of characters would help remind fans what they liked about Cyberpunk in the first place and set the game up for success in the future. And I would piggyback on that and say that would also be a really good moment for the game to rejuvenate itself and say, if you've never played Cyberpunk, now is the time to dive in. The base game story and characters is being expanded and given a longer trajectory. We've made all these improvements. We've done all these things. Now is the best value. Now, whenever you buy games later, you end up getting everything baked in and you get a lot of sales and a lot of discounts. It'd be the perfect time to reinvigorate and make good for those loyal fans who bought it to begin with and also pull in the rest of us who sat on the sidelines. As always, if you like these short videos, hit subscribe to the bell button or head over to my main channel to watch the live streams and I'll see you in the next video. Okay. So something we've been doing on this channel now is we've been doing gameplay every day and after playing Biomutant for two days... I had to put the game down. Didn't like it. Didn't give it very, very high marks or a good review. And now I am going to be switching over to Days Gone PC. Now you shouldn't have to do anything. It should do an auto redirect. Now we say should because a lot of the times the auto redirect doesn't happen. Okay. So I'm going to put a link in chat in the event that the live redirect doesn't work. Uh, If it doesn't work, no worries. Use that button uh, there's a link in chat right now. There's also something that we could possibly do. Um, we could go into an existing video. Uh, we can go into an existing video and we can make all ga- all of them have an end card and an end screen that point uh, to where we are going. So I'm going to do that now. Uh, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to make that change and then do a bulk copy. So listen, if you guys like gameplay, this is our plan for the next couple of days, okay? This is our plan for the next couple of days. Days Gone Today on PC. We want to do Days Gone Today on PC, okay? And then, 
tomorrow and the day after we really really want to look at Horizon Zero Dawn and the reason that we want to do that is we want to kind of capitalize on the fact that Horizon Forbidden West is getting gameplay uh, footage tomorrow during their state of play okay so during their state of play tomorrow they will be they will be going in and showing you for the first time ever the uh, the state the, the, the basically this is going to be the first visible gameplay of Horizon uh, Forbidden West so we want to take a look at the game on PS5 uh, we want to take a look at the game on PS5 because I love Horizon Zero Dawn we played it on PC a while ago and one of the reasons that we wanted to play it on PC is we wanted to see how well the port performed. Now, unfortunately, the port did not perform all that well when it first came out, and we sort of put the game down relatively quickly because I was having all kind of problems with it. Now, in the realm of PS5 ports and ports in general that have gone very, very well, the game that we are about to play, which is Days Gone, this game is incredible, okay? This port has gone very, very well. So, sit tight you shouldn't have to do anything it should pull you over into the new stream and if it doesn't just click that link in chat and we'll see you guys over there